Senegal. Welcome to another live stream. I have a really, really good one for you today. It's all about uh, we get by with a little help from our friends and um, apologies. You know, I was doing this theme on Twitter today about uh, uh, trying to get the blacks to apologize for their bad behavior. And I went first. I apologize for a lot of bad white behavior. And uh, it was very funny and also very revealing about the nature of an apology, the nature of our shared reality. I was listening to uh, Eric Weinstein. For his, We are not in a similar reality, me and a guy like that, but I think he's oddly honest. I just can't believe he thinks this way. And he talked about uh, what they're losing, which is a lot of the Jewish Zionist types, is the ability to manage other people's reality. And uh, I was thinking about where the divisions are and it's about do you share the same view of the world and when i want an apology from the blacks i know that's comedic it makes uh, even a lot of blacks were laughing about it It just sounds ridiculous like are you ready to say you're sorry it's do you acknowledge these behaviors are wrong that's all i care about we all make mistakes we all want to be better people we all have sin we all have regret we all have all these things but do we at least share what we consider good and bad? And if you don't, then there is no coming together. And I got, uh, I got a very unexpected helping hand from someone that you would not expect would be trying to help me. And it made me think a lot about, um, you know, growth and change and reality. I'll tell you right now, it's Andrew Tate. Okay. I got, I, I'm going to, I have an interesting view of him now, and it fits together so perfectly with uh, today's theme. It all kind of came together like a, like a jigsaw puzzle. It was very interesting about, can you relate to someone about what you think is right and wrong? And if you can, you can be in, you can like have a communication with them. If you don't, you can't. No way. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh. I want to give him, I want to shout him out for that and, and describe and explain how I viewed him over the last few years. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, I don't know. I'll just get there. This realm is too strange. Yeah, it's hilarious. And, I, and my friends around here really lifted my spirits yesterday because for those of you that don't know, unauthorized.tv got kicked off its uh, payment processor. And now I have more information as to why we think it may have to do with France. I'll get to the, the bottom of it. But I talked to Vox, and he's more fired up than I've seen him in a while in a good way. So we're very optimistic. He has a plan. He, um, you know, we're looking good. All right. 
Tate the Rapist, how maybe he can cling to some basic levels of decency. Well, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about why I had such a problem with him. And it had to do with my dad and what I was going through with like his, uh, you know, taking all my mom's money and all that stuff. And just people that brag about bad things. It's not about, do you make mistakes? It's not about, are you being slandered in the media? It's, are you saying something bad is good? And I believe people can change. And I think that people can learn. Like in the past, I used to think, um, I used to literally sell bumper stickers that said full bellies, empty balls with like a peace sign on it. I used to do a bit that there would be no war if dudes just were constantly draining their balls and fed food. And like, so if you ever see a guy agitated, just immediately fuck him because like, that's how we end war. And so I'm like, you never see war at a, at a salad buffet. You know, if you get food, you don't have to fight. And if you, you could like, if your, if your balls are filled with sperm, it's like the ghetto, you know, it's like, it's like there's millions of them pressed against the wall. Like we got to get out of here. We got to see the, the sun before we die. And, uh, and, and they're just dying and they're screaming. They got to get out of the balls. And the, and the woman has one egg a month that just sits there in the suburbs, gets a big house, gets a little bitchy, very entitled. And my whole thing was, uh, you know, a guy can be real agitated. Yeah, the ball of cost. Yeah, they're always dying and they know they're dying. Six million die a day. And, um, and like right after you have an orgasm and you, and you drain the balls, nothing bothers you. Like before you could be like, oh, that guy just stole my bike. And right after you come, you're like, he can have it. He needs it more than me. God has blessed him. God blessed me with the bike. Now God has given him the bike. Okay. I no longer think that the path to world peace is promiscuity and uh, gluttony. Okay. Like I've been wrong so many times in the past. I've promoted horrible things. In my defense, it was, uh, I believed them. And so I'm not here to judge people. I'm not here to to say, you know, I am without sin and all these people are bad. But uh, when he was, when Andrew Tate was talking about how he would trick men and hustle them into getting their life savings and, um, you know, and pretend to be a girl and, and trick men and all that, it infuriated me. Because he was trying to basically tell young males to be bad people. And I just went through it with my own dad. My dad is a, a weak man and a pervert. And you could easily argue that my dad deserved it because of his weakness. Okay. That I understand that argument. People could say it's your dad's fault, you know, cause my dad gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars to these online, uh, hustler types. And, uh, it did a lot of damage to my family. And so I saw, I, I thought Andrew Tate personified that like someone who says that's good. Right. And in the Malthusian worldview, it is good. You know, the, the strong eat the weak. And it's a, it's a survival of the fittest, right? But someone who's more godly views it as like, we should not be the wolf, we should be the shepherd. That we should protect the weak. There's two totally different paths. Where when you have the ability of hurting someone and taking from the weak, the, the vulnerable, the naive, you say, he deserves it. He sucks. Or do you say, uh, I want to uh, help protect that man. And that's the problem I have with Andrew Tate. Now, since then, Andrew Tate, 
converted to Islam. Andrew Tate started saying more spiritual things, more, uh, you know, more moral things. And he's retweeted me with like hearts when I've talked about, um, when I've talked about um, usury and how Sharia law has, uh, would, would help a lot of problems in the West and all this stuff. And I'm always very skeptical. I mean, Andrew Tate bragged about getting my Instagram deleted when I was uh, posting about uh, his accusations, you know? And, uh, but I don't hold a grudge as long as I, if, if I think someone's worldview has changed, like their fundamentals has changed, I can be friends with enemies. I can, I don't hold grudges. I don't care. I mean, my wife will describe me as the eye of Siron sometimes where, uh, where once I lock in on someone and I think they're up to no good, like they're, uh, they're being wolves, I can just hammer them. And people might think that it's because I have some like hatred or I'm obsessed or, whatever. It's not. I just am focused on it until I'm not. And then I move on. And I was talking to one of my buddies recently. I was like, do you think Andrew Tate is like being sincere about his conversion to Islam? Is he really trying to be a better person? And my buddy's like, yeah, I do. I actually think that, um, you know, like is a powerful man going to be the shepherd now? And when he reached out to me this week and he said, uh, after yesterday, I just see a DM from Andrew Tate and it said, uh, do you need help getting a payment processor? And I was like, is this a fucking trap? Hang on. I haven't heard Tate say what he did was wrong. Well, I'll get to that too. Go to bear. No one owes us an apology. Okay. No, it, we're not owed an apology. Uh, it's between you and God, but are you promoting it still? And that's the whole issue. I haven't seen him promote it in a while. Again, I'm cautiously optimistic, but you always have to give people an out. If you say, because of your bad deeds, you can never be, like, you can never be acceptable to me again. That's very Pharisee. That's very, uh, you know, like, there's Sicilian Bear. I mean, his name's Sicilian Bear. I guarantee he's done mob shit, right? But we all love Sicilian Bear. So anyway, uh, when he offered that to me, he didn't have to. He, there's nothing he's going to gain from me. There's no money. There's no fame. Nothing. Like, it just appeared like he was trying to help someone who was weak. Because when you're kicked off unauthorized, when you're kicked off your own uh, processor, my own business, my own income, um, I was in a, I'm in a vulnerable position. Yesterday, I felt vulnerable. I felt, you know, I wasn't scared. I'm, I'm a crusher. Like, I'm, I, you know, I fear God only, but... Um, there's no reason someone has to help you, you know, especially someone like that. And I have a lot of friends that didn't reach out with a payment process or anything. And I didn't need one from them, but I, I thanked him. And I thought this is so interesting because, uh, I didn't see that coming. Like I really didn't. I, I don't like famous people typically. Like I'm not a normal guy when it comes to fame and money because of my experience in Hollywood. I don't see it as something I want or, and I see it as a liability. Where like when you're out with famous people, it sucks. Like it takes forever to walk down the street. They'll never pick you up at the airport. They're very high needs. I don't care. And same with money. Like money makes people paranoid. Money makes people, uh, they get used a lot. So they, they don't know who to trust. I don't care about rich, famous people. I don't at all. So I just look at people's character. And if somebody sees someone that could use some help 
and they want to help, that's that's fucking cool. And I just wanted to share that because, uh, you know, I think that if people want to actually heal, um, they have to figure out how. And today, I was like doing this whole thing with racial healing because I saw my new black best buddy, uh, uh, Bryson Gray, talk about how, you know, the Zionists want to divide the races and we got to come together and blah, blah, blah. And that it made me laugh because there is no coming together. Tate still has influence, which is why he matters. Well, he matters just because he's a living man. He matters. I mean, look at how much care I put into you fucking people. Like, go to bear. Go to bear matters just as much. No, go to bear matters to me significantly more than Andrew Tate. So does Spool Bear. So does Copper Bear. So does any. So does Coddington. You know, it does. It doesn't. Just because someone has influence doesn't mean they matter more, but I like seeing redemption. I like seeing people change. I like seeing people become shepherds when they have strength and power. Um, offering a payment processor contact is better than offering cash to. It was such a kind deed. It was such like a, an unnecessarily kind deed. And I didn't even need it. Like me and like Vox had a plan. We, we got a whole thing going. We think that we may have been kicked out because... France bought the company that, or a French company bought our processor. And there's a French law where you're not allowed to talk about vaccines. We don't really know why we got kicked off. And this has happened to us so many times. Like, I'm not even close to allowed on PayPal or Venmo or any of those things. But, you know, it's, um, it's not scary. It's okay. It can seem daunting. You know, we have to re- we have to resell every single subscriber to sign up again. So financially it sucks, but it's also a great opportunity and it's exciting. But to have a guy just reach out to help is fucking cool. And I think that um, I just wanted to highlight it. I just wanted to highlight that, you know, if, if strong people, rich people, influential people, famous people that don't in that world, it's so focused on yourself because everyone's always talking about you. It's very easy to get narcissistic. It's very easy to end up in a hall of mirrors and, it, and your world becomes psychotic because so many people are talking about you and asking of you and attacking you and fighting with you that to look at someone who might need some help and offer it feels very good to me. And so I just want to highlight that. The French are gay. Yeah, they're obviously gay. Uh, EU just passed a strict online anti-Semitism law. Yeah, and anti-Semitism means criticizing any Jew for anything in the world. All right, and now I want to highlight uh, my local friends. Yesterday, one of the coolest things ever happened. So I get done streaming, and I'm going inside to eat my first meal of the day. And, uh, you know, because gluttony is a sin. Like, one of my, like, okay, the di <sighs> I have so much to talk about today. I know I sound a little retarded. But it's like, uh, I could say that being fat is fine when you're a dad, right? That it's like, oh, I have a dad bod. It's great. It's healthy. I earned it. I deserve that. That's in the same realm as saying hustling weak men for money is good. You know, it's, it's justifying sin. Like my fat, like I'm flabby. Like my fatness sucks. Like it's not good. And so I work out every day and I try to eat less. And just the fact I'm trying is, is what matters. 
the problem would be if I became part of the body positivity movement. And I said, being fat is just as healthy as not being fat. You understand? Like, that's the problem. The problem I had with Andrew Tate is not that he's a flawed man or he's made mistakes. We all do. It's that I thought he was promoting bad, like bad things. And then if there has been a change in him, great. Like, that's the whole point of life. It's not to hold these grudges and, like, I'm willing to forgive the blacks. As long as they acknowledge to me personally that stealing bikes are bad, that what they've done is wrong. Hang on, body positivity is funded by Big Cookie. Right, right. All right, so anyway, this, this gets pretty funny. Um, hang on, let me... Uh, uh, no, first I'm going to highlight my buddy. So I get done with the stream. I go eat and I get a text from Spool Bear. And he's like, yo, can me and uh, Sea Cow stop by? And I, I ignored it. No offense, but I ignore most of my texts. I, I just am like, that's, how, that's my kid's impression of me. Like my kids, whenever my kids do an impression of me, they're like, Arr. so I'm like, oh, I got to eat. And then I get a text from Sea Cow. He's like, do you mind if me and Spool Bear stop over? And I'm just like, I'm like so hungry. I'm very anti-Semitic, very racist. And when I eat, I get less anti-Semitic, more accepting of the blacks. And, uh, and then, um, apparently like, I guess Spool Bear got like my wife's number from his wife. Cause they're friends. And Amy's like, Spool Bear is calling. I'm like, fuck, they definitely need something. So I text back. I'm like, yeah, I'm eating. What's, what's up? You know, I thought they were just going to stop by to hang. I'm like, I just got done talking for three hours. I just got deplatformed in France. Like, I need some time down. But then I'm like, okay, they need something. So they're like, can we stop by right now? We have a surprise. And I'm like, sure. So here's the video. See how actually, uh, see how actually recorded it. And it was so beautiful, man. And no, that's not a cookie. No, George, that was you, by the way, from yesterday. That's not a cookie. That's a little bit of chicken. All right? So I was eating, and I'm coming outside. Here it is. Go find out. Wait a minute. I got an idea. <laughs> no. Is it a peacock? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. What kind of peacock is this? It's not a white peacock. I know you wanted one of those. Yeah. It's you can't... just a regular peacock. He's almost a year old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. Well, let's let him uh, walk around a little, guys. Oh, they, they said he's good with other birds, but, you know, I want to keep an eye on him. Yeah. They said three is the magic number. You need, like, a trinity of peacocks. Yeah, two hens. <laughs> two hens for him. Two hens and a... And a... All right. So that was like just so beautiful. And I posted it because the moment was just awesome. You know, you get by with a little help from your friends because I was going to get peacocks and then I realized I couldn't afford them. And the guys got me a peacock. And so it gets even funnier. So then we name him Grant and we put Grant in the, in the, uh, uh, the, the chicken coop. 
and we're like, oh, cool. So we go to bed. And then this morning, we're all excited about the peacock. And Amy goes out to feed Grant. And Grant just takes off and flies away. And so they fly. They're like huge. Their wings are huge. And so I wake up and Amy's like, Grant just flew away. And I'm like, where is he? And, uh, and, uh, and she's like, he's in one of the trees near the, the street. And we live kind of near a very busy street. And so I'm like, Ugh. so I go out and there's the peacock. He's in one of our pine trees and we can't, and he's like right near the street. And so we just let him sit there for a while. And we try to put some food down and he wouldn't come out of the tree. And I'm like, oh shit, we're going to lose Grant. And, uh, and so then me and Amy come up with a plan and we get a long pole and we get Grant out of the tree and we push him all the way to the barn and we give him some food. So I think, I think he's going to be good. Um, but it was just so cool. They do that. One of those gypsy peacocks. Uh, I say, let it roam. You got, yeah, you let it roam, but you have to have them have a home base first. I did a lot of peacock research. Apparently they're not very loyal but they're very food motivated. So as long as you have food, they'll stay, they'll stick around. As soon as you stop feeding them, they're out. They like have no loyalty. They're like a Ukrainian bride. No offense, Ukrainian bear, but, uh, they're, they're like, as long as you got money, they'll stick around. You know, um, chickens are like Mexicans. They're, they're there for life. You know, you can theoretically be a total piece of shit to a, a chicken and they don't leave. They're like, I am with you for life, homie. But the peacocks are Ukrainians. They're like, I see you didn't make money this week. I am going to fuck your boss. Not loyal. Don't offer Grant to record your next special. Hey, good one, Coddington. All right. So I am going to show you guys one of my days because I'm about to, uh, you know, describe my desire to get the blacks to apologize to me which sounds a little far-fetched, sounds a little racist, sounds a little extreme. My life is so not extreme. Oh, and this is another thing I wanted to say about uh, Andrew Tate. I live a life that might as well be like 8th century Jerusalem. Like, I'm not exposed to any women at all. I'm never in clubs. I, have, I don't go to cities. I live on a farm. I literally, so like... I don't know what it's like to be in that world. Like, I don't know what his temptations and his situations like, you know? So I just wish him the best. And I want to, uh, and I just want to say that because I just think of more people that shared the same worldviews, um, reached out to each other, the world would be a better place. And it's like, and it's not just about like, for example, one reason why I've resonated with Islam on the, uh, you know, why, why I promoted uh, positive things about Islam. And that's been years now. It's nothing new. I, because uh, we, I see the same things that are right and wrong with a lot of those guys. Yet there's a lot of Christians where I'm in the same worldview as them completely. Like that type of Christianity is my worldview. But unfortunately, a lot of Christian churches are now saying what is bad is good and what is good is bad. You know, like my buddy who's a Christian, where we're in the same worldview, we have the same uh, reality. You know, we see what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. That's why we're friends. Uh, he was telling me like he was at church and one of the, the Christians was telling everybody that 
if your spouse dies to just rack up a ton of credit card debt in their name, and then you don't have to pay it. And everyone was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, I'm not in that world. Like, that's, that's like bad, right? And so one reason why I've been, I like, I like say a lot of uh, Muslim people are doing a good job is because they say usury is bad, sodomy is bad. And I, and I know that Christianity should say that. And a lot of Christians do. Like Vox, Wrangler Star, bunch of my friends, which is great. We're in the same worldview. But uh, the majority don't. You know, the amount of Christians that just assume evolution is a fact or just like assume that that debt is wealth and Judeo-Christian and that like he who blesses Israel is blessed by God. Like I'm not in that world at all. Like I just don't relate to that. Uh, God was right to divide the nations. Jay's trying to fix that as insanity. Yeah, that's literally fraud. Yeah, like Karma Warlock. Me and him are in the same worldview. Like we are, we may as well be in the same religion or metaphysical whatever. Um, you know, and I don't even know how to describe it because then some people go, oh, but these Muslims, look at these sneaky fuckers. You don't think there's, there's whorehouses in Lebanon or... You don't think that, you know, they're sneaky Islamic bankers and that's not the point. Everybody has flaws. The point is, do you admit it's wrong? Right? Like you'll see Christians where it's like, my wife is on OnlyFans. It's been great for our income. Praise Jesus. <laughs> like we're not in the same world. You know, like when Andrew Tate was saying that it was good that he hustled these like middle-aged, stupid, weak men out of money. That, that was like my dad, you know? It's one thing if you did that, but it's another thing if you say it's good, like it's good to eat the weak. Um, and that was my issue, you know? And people can change, like people can grow. People can see that being the shepherd is more the masculine position. Anybody can eat, uh, anybody can hurt uh, the vulnerable. I'll, like, I'll give you an example of Sean Strickland. I went pretty hard at Sean Strickland because he, I did a whole episode about it. Codsworth, what episode did I talk about uh, Sean Strickland? I feel Christianity took a huge hit when it split into a thousand different denominations. Yeah, and, you know, like, I think a lot of it has to do with the financial system. I think it has to do with usury, accepting usury, accepting sodomy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge people. I'm just here to tell you what I think is right and wrong. And if we can't line up, which is what the division is with a lot of black culture, where it's like, it's not that you do bad things. It's that you think it's good. Oh yeah, this is, it's called The Psychology of Sean Strickland and the Tyranny of Evil Men. It's episode 1877. So Sean Strickland, so Sneeko, who I've done a stream with, who I root for, I like that dude is trying to get into fighting. He's like nine months in and uh, he's like going to spar with all these professional fighters, including Sean Strickland. And he goes in the ring with Strickland. Strickland's sparring the way you're supposed to spar, which is you're just like working, you know, you're working out. You're like figuring out, you know, you're, you're working on your, uh, your blocking and you're striking and, you know, you're just working out and you kind of match each other's pace and like how hard you should go. And there's like these, these honorable, unspoken rules with sparring. And I showed video of Strickland 
sparring with like a superior athlete. Like if he was with a uh, Khabib or somebody, he's going to be like, whoa, take it easy on me. And he's like nice and light, nice and light. But when he got with uh, Sneeko, he went super hard, as hard as he could. He's throwing uppercuts, haymakers, trying to knock him out, just banging his fucking banging his head, right? And people were like, oh, teach, oh, he's such a savage. He's just an animal. Sneeko should know better. He's not just a savage. He's not just an animal. He's a bully. He's a fucking wolf. He's not a shepherd, okay? Because if he was just an animal, he'd do that to Khabib. He'd do that to like a superior fighter, but he doesn't. He plays it nice and cool with those guys, you know? And so he saw a vulnerable guy and people go, well, then why would he spar with him? Why not? Like, why not share your skill with someone? Why not bring more eyeballs to MMA? Why not show friendship? And, and uh, Sean Strickland has been very pro-Israel. Sneeko has been highlighting the plight of the Palestinian people. And I bet dollars to donuts... Someone, some little Jay whispered in Sean Strickland's ear, fucking knock him out. Show everybody, you know, what we do to these people. You know, kind of like what they did to the Gaza Strip. Just bomb the fuck out of it. You know, show them that we will hurt you. You know, and that is not a winning strategy. You, you lose hearts and minds when you do that. You have to have honor. You know, be a shepherd. When you see someone that could use a helping hand that you share the same values with, don't exploit them. You know, like when I do all these racial jokes, it's not to humiliate people. It's to mock bad behavior so people improve. It's to establish that racial jokes are acceptable, that we mock what is bad behavior, what's acceptably bad behavior in order to establish social coherence. Like we don't accept that in our community. Okay, you only get better at playing a better opponent. Right, but when it comes to headshots, you know, I was talking to a friend who does jujitsu really at a high level, and he's like, if Strickland wanted to teach him a lesson, do body shots. Headshots is a problem, and I'll show you. And now Sneeko has, like, fucking brain damage. All right, like, listen to this. Like, this is the problem, where you can't just beat, it's not a movie, guys. You can't just punch a defenseless guy in the head. Like, listen to this. I haven't left the crib since Thursday. So this is, this is what it looked like. I got back from that trip. Uh, Thursday, I went to the gym, and then I streamed. And then Friday, I went to the gym again, and I, I did some sparring training again. I, I've, just been, I've been sparring too much, bro. You see, I, I got the, uh, the Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz Academy hoodie on. From Stockton, I sparred with them, like, uh, like four rounds, one round with the pro, three rounds with Nate which was like a couple days after the Strickland thing, which you guys all saw. And you saw it took some licks, took some licks. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that today. And then on Friday, I'm losing track of the dates, bro. Like, I, honestly, I've never had a concussion that serious. But like, I'm, I was even watching the Rocky movie and Rocky was counting the numbers on the house because they were, Rocky's really stupid. And Rocky has CTE. And that's kind of the whole joke. He's like, oh, Adrian, Adrian. You don't know, Rocky is a boxing movie from the 70s. And so he's trying to buy this house. He's trying to buy a condominium to invest his money from his first fight. Oh, condominium? I never use those because he thinks it's a condom, whatever. And so he sees the numbers of the house he's supposed to buy and it adds up to nine. And I was like trying to add it up with Rocky in real time. He's like, oh, it adds up to nine. That's a good number. And I was like, does that add up to nine? Three, three, two, 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 three, three. I was like, yeah, I might have a fucking concussion, bro. I think something might be up with my head. <laughs> then I was counting the numbers of the house 
slower than Rocky and Rocky too. Um, yeah, like that's fucked up, man. That's what happens. It's not funny when you just beat on someone's head. It's, it's fucked up. It's one thing if you like play around. All right, when you play with kids, like I have four boys and we wrestle a lot. Two of my kids are in jujitsu. Um, you know, they fight with each other. They're tough kids. Like they fall down, they don't cry. They're like legit kids. You don't just beat on them. You match their level and you escalate a little bit. You know, like you make it hard. You don't just like baby them, but you don't just see a vulnerability and just start fucking beating on them. That's insane. That's what they do to each other. Like my seven-year-old, my five-year-old will fight with like foam sticks hard. And they've established the boundaries. Like they establish when, you know, too hard of a hit will make one of them cry or whatever. And, uh, and they play at a high level. Like they play with pretty intense violence, but they're always laughing and smiling. And it's, it's really enjoyable for them. And, uh, and, and every guy knows that, like every guy knows the, uh, the, uh, like the level you're supposed to go to, like, I'll show you the, uh, I'll show you what Strickland did to Sneeko. This is not acceptable guys. Oh, he shouldn't have gotten in the ring with him. That's like saying, oh, if you didn't want her raped, you shouldn't have wore a dress. I mean, sure. There is truth to it. There is truth to saying you have to own a little accountability if you go to a bar with drunk men dressed provocatively. You're increasing your likelihood of being victimized. Yet another thing I like about Islamic law. You know, you don't allow the vulnerable to put themselves in that position. You don't allow the wolves to convince these women that it's brave and beautiful to put themselves in harm's way. Okay, fine. But the rapist still is getting beheaded. Okay. Sure, you may not want to spar with a Zionist freak who hates his father. Sure. Yeah, Sneeko, everything's fair, right? Maybe Sneeko is looking for, uh, for views. He was seeking, uh, he was looking to get a lot of views on, on Rumble, and he got in the ring with an animal, and he should own some, uh, some accountability. Sure. But Strickland did assault him. And it was not agreed upon that they were going to go like that. Hang on, I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you what he did. Strickland beating. Where is this? And anybody that fights, no, this is bullshit. Okay, because some people are like, "Oh, you don't know, you don't know." This is this is how tough men are. Now, if if everybody acted like this all the time, everyone would have brain damage. This is not how you spar. You know, and Sneeko isn't even wearing headgear. All right, watch this. This dude is a wolf, not a shepherd. There you go. He's going as hard as he can. Bear in mind, Sneeko's people throw in the towel right around there. I have another angle. There's the towel. The towel's in. Stop. Stop. Look at him here. He's just winding up and swinging as hard as he can at his head. You know, I think Sean Strickland should be in fucking prison. Yeah, it's gay rage. Yeah. 
It's, uh, yeah, like uh, Jacobat's dad was a professional boxer. You used to box with him. If you're sparring, you're not doing that shit. It's one thing if you're in the same level, you're running your mouth, you put, you know, uh, I'm not encouraging gambling, but there's like stakes, like someone wins money or something. Like you're, you're actually fighting. It's way worse to get hit in the head with a glove fist as well, concussion-wise. Dude, yeah, people are like, oh, they're wearing gloves. That doesn't mean anything. It's still the same amount of force rattling your head. Guys, like, being on a jet ski too long can rattle your fuck. Yeah, he was trying to hurt him. And people are like, oh, no, he's going 50%. This fucking guy, Sean Strickland, is swinging as hard as his gay little body can. And by the way, I'm not, I, Sean Strickland had beat my ass. Andrew Tate had beat my ass. All these guys, like, and people are like, oh, then why don't you fight him? I would get crushed by a professional fighter. But I bet I can punch harder than him. He, it doesn't even look like he's not, like, I'm 6'8". You know, if I can just, if I was doing that, what he was doing, I might have fucking killed that guy. You know? And look at this. He's swinging as hard as he possibly can. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Israel is experiencing the same thing now as stupid Sean Strickland. You'd be surprised how sick of vultures people are. That it's one thing if you're Israel in 1948, 1955, 1963, maybe. Maybe you can convince the world that you're a persecuted people backed into a corner and you'll do any, you're like Rocky doing anything to get out of that corner. Okay. You're now like, fucking rich and powerful and you have uh planes and bombs and you're just gonna fucking bomb hospitals you know you're a pro fighter and you're gonna unleash on a youtuber no sneeko knew what he was signing up for and i think he thanked him no he didn't long arms bear when you spar with people you're not okay let's say hypothetically he did let's say hypothetically he's like okay I'm going to spar with uh, Strickland. Strickland's an animal, blah, blah, blah. If you're the stronger one, it's up to you to not take advantage of the weak. Strickland lulled him in too. This, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you that, long arms bear, you freak. Look at this. I'll show you uh, a longer version of it. That's not what happened. Yeah, where is it? Strickland, uh, the, the dude lulled him in. Like, watch. This is what uh, sparring is supposed to look like. Like that. Okay, I have video of Strickland sparring with other people. Let me see if I can find that. Where is it? He's, he's a total bitch, man. Total bitch. Like, listen to this fucking legit dude talk about it. Hang on. I guess maybe for lack of a better word, um, what do you just make of, like, that etiquette? I call that gym heroes. When he spot Pereira, did he spot like that? Didn't look like it. Exactly, because he knows Pereira will fucking knock him out. It's called respect. And um, I have teammates, and we can push, but I don't try and hurt my teammates. Like, he's not. That's what sparring looks like when you're sparring someone that you know can beat you up. 
And it's up to the tougher guy to do that. Right? Okay, there is a whole way of thinking of the world called Malthusian uh, ethics, where the strong eat the weak, you know? Uh, But, like, there's no honor in that. So the stronger fighter is supposed to hold back, not the other way around. And when this fucking freak, Sean Strickland, is with a legitimate fighter, he's a little pussycat. Accidentally, I've probably knocked two people out over the last how many years I've been fighting in the gym accidentally. And, you know, it's not even knocked out, like dropped them because it was light. But like, you know, it's just I don't try and hurt people. I don't know. know. There's many ways to skin a cat. Look, whatever works for you, works for you. But I just feel like I've seen too many of those now where I'm just like, gym hero. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so that's one reason why I was so pumped about um, Andrew Tate reaching out to help someone that was uh, vulnerable is because I don't like wolves. I like shepherds. And so if someone with his influence and his, you know, who his life path becomes a shepherd, that's awesome, man. That's, that's something that I want in the world. And I don't hold fucking grudges. I don't give a shit. All right. Uh, let's talk about the blacks. One second. So I did something today. Oh, as I'm looking for this, I'll show you a day in my life. Here is uh, here's what I do every morning. Uh, where is it? Cream. Making cream and, and having fun. Okay, so today we're skimming milk. And I just took all the skim out of there, but we just take the top and put it, and we're making butter. We're making butter, boys. Are you excited? Okay, so now I'm taking uh, skim milk to the chickens and my extremely old dog. There you go, Ben. There he goes, right there, buddy. He's 23 years old, and... Sean Strickland had probably punched Benny in the face for being weak. You got it, buddy. Good job. That's my boy. He's 23 years old, and he eats... Raw eggs, pig fat, and whole milk, or uh, skim milk, like raw milk. So I don't care what any dietitian ever says, that stuff is good for you. Because this dude is like Noah. He's like 160 in dog years. And you can verify, I mean, he did sketches with me in 2004. And I got him from the pound, and they said he was five. Okay, so now our chickens are enjoying the milk, and that milk really helps uh, really helps their eggshells and their yolks, and everybody's pumped. Don't worry, I'll get you girls some, too. They say you are what you eat, eats. I think you are what you eat, eats, eats, eats. So that milk comes from our cows. We take the cream for butter, the cream's the most valuable part. We're always drinking the milk, but uh, we take the cream and then the skim, we give to them. And the cows eat uh, non-GMO grain and uh, local grass. And, they're, and they have really good uh, selenium salt and all this good stuff. So then when we eat the eggs, the eggs come from the chickens that drink the milk, from the cows that have the good grain and the good grass, from the soil and the sun, and that is the energy cycle, and I love it. This is stuff that 
makes me really happy. And then, of course, there's George. What, do you want some, George? I'll hook you up, buddy. So now I'm going to bring uh, cabbages, old cabbages, to the chickens. We've been trying to work on different ways to... We grew these cabbages, or my wife grew these cabbages, and they lasted till about January. We uh, were working on various techniques. Uh, sauerkraut is the move, but these are gonna be great for the chickens. Awesome bacteria, awesome nutrition. Um, they're gonna enjoy it. Hey, Mr. Bear, that's a sweet BMX bike you got there. Looks nice and safe. Thanks, Owen. Hey cats, how's the hunting going today? You get any good mice? You, you try the milk? Hey girls, how you doing today? I'll milk you in about 10 minutes. Is everyone having a good day? Hello. What's up everybody? Are you guys doing good? Awesome. See you soon. Whoa, you got crazy eyes. They look just like the roof of a NFL stadium. Kind of weird how they call their greatest players goods. That's definitely not a schizophrenic thought, I promise. Hey, ducks. Ducks, you're missing out on the milk. Come on, let's go see. Go get some milk. You're in the corner, ducks. Where you going? Where you going? Come on, there's milk right over there. And yeah, so that's pretty much my day every day. Every single day, I do the same stuff every day. And then when I think of something funny to say, I just throw it on the internet. Good times. All right. So that's like what my days look like. I don't sit around uh, with like grudges or hate. I just, uh, I try to do my best to heal the blacks. And, uh, you know... Like, I'll give you an example. I, you know how I use the N-word a lot? Like, a lot? Well, I just got myself my own cotton seeds. Why? Because this year I'm going to grow my own cotton and pick it myself. And while I do it, I'm going to be yelling a lot of racial slurs. And at that point, there's no way you can judge me. Because I'm literally picking cotton for no money. Okay. So I'm going to be picking cotton for no money this year. And I'm going to be escalating my racism to a degree that you can't even fucking imagine. Oh, you can't say the N-word. You got to ask me for permission to say the N-word. Because I'm picking cotton for nothing. Okay, moving on. All right, so this is what I posted. And I know it sounds comedic, but there's a method to my madness. All right. I'm not mad at the blacks. I just feel we deserve a very heartfelt apology for their terrible behavior and a real commitment to change. I hope they change. It's my hope and change message. Hey blacks, when you see us in public, just let us know you're sorry for being so loud and violent and bitchy. It'll mean a lot. You've been insanely annoying for a while. And now that the small hats don't need you anymore, you're gonna have to get along with us. You used to be their toy, but now they have a new and better toy. It's basically the plot of a very racial toy story. <laughs> Toy Story 33, starring the Blacks. <laughs> no one is going to fund your stupid Black History Month anymore, and you may notice that even the media is reporting your hyper-violent crimes. Just say you're sorry, and really try and make it up to us. We are very understanding people, 
if we think you're sincere. And then Tariq Nasheed said, I'm sorry. And I said, that's a start, Tariq. We appreciate it. Now let's really work on our behavior moving forward. Um, and then someone said, don't say sorry, just do better. Behavior trumps words. I said, it starts with declaration of intent and acknowledgement of wrongdoing. They have to put, do that first. And someone said, agree to that. Not sure if I missed it, but have you apologized for all the colonialization of places around the world? And I said, you mean bringing you running water and stopping you from eating your own babies? No, I'm not sorry about that. And someone said, we need to start a hug a white person and tell them you're sorry day. And I said, I'd prefer my apologies coming with some physical distance. And someone said, can you post a video of the peacock with the other animals? I said, he won't come out of the tree. All right, so anyway, so I posted that. And then I said, I've had a few blacks apologize and I do appreciate it. But the amount who not only won't apologize, but they start shrieking and throwing their poop everywhere is alarming. What does it cost you to just say you're sorry? Until you can sincerely apologize to us, you aren't going to be accepted in polite society. As much as it doesn't seem like it, I'm actually trying to help. If America is going to heal racially, we are going to first need an apology and then signs you're willing to change your horrible, loud, criminal, narcissistic personality and get a job for fuck's sake. Working's fun. It's rewarding. I'm going to grow and pick cotton myself this year for no money at all, just for the joy of it. And no, that doesn't make me oppressed. And some black was like, Oh, I bet yours doesn't even have seeds in it, though. Unbelievable. And then a black says, give colored people more time. Or no, no, this is someone who's, who's cool. This is just a human being. <laughs> give colored people more time to grow. They just passed the civil rights in 68. Give us 200 years and we'll be on the same level as you whites. I said, they're going backwards. They were more civilized in 1950. And that's a fact. And then I said, that's true, but white men were much more brutal and racist in the 50s. Let's not go back to that time. And I said, hmm, or we should go back to that because then blacks had intact families and owned their own houses. It's been a nosedive ever since you people started, people started lying to themselves. All right, so this got a little, and then a, um, an Arab guy said, I'm sorry, I literally don't know what's going on. I said, you don't need to apologize. You aren't the one crunking out of control at 3 a.m. And then a black says, an apology has got to be the most ridiculous thing I've seen yet. And you take the crown for king of all bigots. And I said, you're the reason your life sucks, by the way. And that's not a very good apology. Okay, so I'm moving on. And then I said, let's all make a list of what we want the blacks to apologize for. Apology is important because it declares intent and acknowledges damage. Only after that can we start to change and heal. So comment below what behavior you want to see the blacks apologize for and what you want to see changed. It's damaging. And if they keep it up, they'll kill the golden goose that keeps them fed and clothed as they crunk out of control at 3 a.m. And then uh, a black said, I would like an apology for taking my Amazon package from my porch while I was at work. I said, we both know it was not us. Can we settle on the Mexicans? All right. Um, I want them to apologize for being 13% of the population, but committing 60% of the crime. Fair. Nicholas said, I don't want an apology. I just want to send them back. See, that's where this is going. And that's why I'd like to do my best right now to make, uh, to try and heal things. 
uh, Spaghetti World Order said, I would like to ask blacks to apologize for constantly talking on their Bluetooth no matter where they are or how rude it is. There's no reason to be FaceTiming constantly either. Uh, someone said, loud tennis shoe in the dryer noises coming from their Cutlass Supreme. Yeah, a lot of times that's someone in their trunk. Being on the phone in public, or should I, should I play, uh, what song should I play? This might be a little long. That's actually Michael Knowles' joke back when his owner would let him have BB on. Um, um, should I play a song? And how about a thank you for the free ride over from Africa? Oh, I know. They, it's like, why not just be grateful that you helped build America and you got a free trip over here? Like, why is everything got to be... I, well, I have a theory. It's because they have the maturity of two-year-olds where they don't understand that, they're consequent, that there are consequences to their actions and they're not the only person that exists in the world. Okay, let's, uh, what song should I play? How about uh, Heal the World? Heal the World by Michael Jackson. Here we go. This will be perfect. Or does uh, anyone have any other ideas? Why can't we be friends? There we go. Why can't we be friends? Okay. Perfect. Okay, let's see what else we want more apologies. Apologize for ruining all those movies in the theater with the incessant chatter. I want some refunds also. Just apologize for leaving rope dreadlocks braids all over the sidewalk and in front of the wingers. I mean, these are obviously valid, valid things. Sponging off society, endless crime and violence, always playing the victim to try and get special privileges and saying acts instead of ask. Not pulling up their pants. I'll get right to the crux of it. We are sorry for piping all those white women, says Lawrence. Lawrence, we both know that you're kind of at the bottom of the, uh, of the hierarchy as far as what women want. Yeah, women, women with no dads that are on meth might uh, take your pipe, Lawrence, but we all know that very few uh, women around the world are like, I just want a really aggressive black. For stopping in the middle of the road while driving to have a chat with one of their homies standing on the side of the road. I mean, blacks are so, like, innocently funny in, like, a really childlike way. Like, they love their homies. Or going to the checkout with a bunch of stuff, then walking away to go shop for something they forgot, leaving everyone waiting in line. Always using speaker mode for music or phone calls while in public. I've, I've seen that a lot. Rick says they still have to go back. Well, let's see if we can work this out first. Inventing jazz. The smell, the volume, the crime. Being unemployed for so long. Pipeline Mo says not changing batteries and smoke alarms. I want them to apologize for robbing uh, $40 off me while I was pumping gas in my early 20s. <laughs> Clapping loud while trying to make a point and thinking phrases like, at the end of the day, add worth to a statement. <laughs> oh, that's super funny. Using speakerphone in public, 
Driving around with a dinged up fender because they never put the fraudulent insurance payout towards the repair. <laughs> That's so true. The black will be in an, uh, a crash uh, and then uh, keep the money. Bear in mind, one thing you'll never hear is apologize for their skin. Apologize for good, good things, immutable things, their love of bananas, their love of watermelon. You can be yourself. You just can't think crime is good. Twerking. Tim says, for not returning to their homeland. Ooh, Tim's, get, Tim's going there. I'm trying to heal before we, we get to that place. Listening to music on their phones in public. Yeah, the list is too damn long. So how about this? Constantly confirming every stereotype and ruining it for the minority that are trying hard to be decent and contribute to a functioning society. Yeah, but see, I don't have a problem with those blacks because they agree with me. Dude, I have some blacks that love what I'm doing. They're like, yes! Dude, the blacks that aren't doing this like that I'm doing this because they also don't like it. I'm not actually being white supremacist with this shit. I'm not saying, like, there's something wrong with you physically or you're born to be bad. It's about fucking behavior. And so when people are like, well, what about the ones that aren't doing it? I'm like, yeah, they literally send me super chats and say thank you. I would like them to apologize for hurting my hands, feet, and head. I don't understand where that is coming from. For hate criming whites. I think atonement for the wrong thing and inherent victimhood just because someone told you. It doesn't mean it is correct or right. Check the history yourselves. Um, I need an apology for the excessive cocoa butter smell. I want them to apologize for teaching their young children to twerk at story time in public library. Also for not feeding them so my children always have to bring extra to share. Yeah, and someone could say, well, what about the whites with the trans kids at the library? Yes, we're sorry and we hate it. Like that, like Bryson was like, oh, we steal bikes? Well, you guys, what about the pedo whites? I'm like, we want to kill them. Like you'll never, it's that you think it's good to slather yourself in cocoa butter. Okay. Everything, their entire existence is antithesis to our way of life. They can keep the apology and just go back. Well, that's what I'm afraid of. They can start by apologizing for claiming I owe them something. That's exactly right. Why can't y'all just say, have a nice day, like a normal person, in response, why well, I'm in a drive through instead of looking at me like I have six heads? They should apologize for bringing their racial grievance gift grift to Ireland. They can't blame us for being slave owners or colonizers, but here we are nonetheless. Oh, I know, it's just their behavior. Guys, it has nothing to do with how they were treated in America. They do it in Ireland. They literally go to Ireland and they're like, say what? You owe me motherfucking money. And the Irish are like, what the fuck are you talking about? They just come up with a new... Why do the Jews get mad at us for the Holocaust? That happened in Poland, allegedly, with no evidence, allegedly. What the fuck does that have to do with America? They just do it here because they suck. The Jews in America are like, Holocaust. We're like, that's not even our language. And we fought them, unfortunately. The blacks do it in other countries too. They're like, slavery. And the Irish are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But they don't know how to work. They can't even pick cotton. 
Okay. They built America with all the bikes they stole. I want them to apologize for not leaving once their welcome was up. Moving into white neighborhoods. The stench. See, my problem with them moving into white neighborhoods is their behavior, not their skin color. Okay? It's the behavior, guys. It's the behavior. It's the accepted behavior. Oh, but what about the blacks that don't act like that? They agree. They don't want to live around them either. That's why they fucking leave. All right. I want them to apologize for all the moms and pops little businesses destroyed over the last decade. I want an apology for all the perfectly able-bodied members of their community that take all the electric seated shopping carts at Walmart meant for the elderly and handicapped, filling it with junk food and clogging the aisles. I will say this, Pete, that's more on us. If I was going to apologize for the whites, and by whites I don't mean Jews, I would say taking the scooters at Walmart is one of our things, and it's disgusting. Just being obese doesn't make you a victim, whites. I know the blacks do it too, but, you know, the whites uh, stripping the copper out of your house after they take meth. But here's the thing. I've never seen a proud meth head. It's shameful. In our community, it's seen as shameful. Now with the blacks, they think getting stanky on their hang down after getting a woman pregnant from another woman is because they're a Kang. They think drinking a 40 and stealing Robitussin is good. They rap about it. They brag about it. Yeah, the moms and pops are more destroyed by Walmart. I agree. Obviously, Boulder, I agree. I'm just letting... We all can agree that destroying mom and pops is bad. But I think now that the blacks are openly stealing to a degree that people couldn't fathom 10 years ago, um, you know, the mom and pops are being hurt pretty bad. All right, they can apologize for purposely walking as slow as they can in a cross rock. Yes. I see far too many Shaniqua Beast War videos where they fir the first casualty are their own clothes. They can apologize for that. Yeah, why do the blacks always have to get naked before beating each other? I'd like an apology for the group of blacks that ruined Forrest Gump for me at the movies. Yeah, you can only watch Forrest Gump for the first time once. Thanks a lot, blacks. Ruining neighborhoods. I want them to apologize for always wanting to live among whites, but not allowing whites to do the same. Oh no, we're allowed to do that. You just have to not care if you're called names. Okay, someone said the FBI is running an ad for hate crimes in your supplies. That's hilarious. Okay, apologize for clanking, clacking their gum so loud, making it pop and crackle. Very annoying. Like I'll give you a perfect example of the whites version of the hard end. They're called the Irish. They have uh, lower impulse control, you know, horrible behavior back in the day. I'm descended from, I mean, half of me is that. That's why the Irish were revolting to a lot of Americans and they weren't allowed places. What did the Irish do? They, they figured out how to be white and now no one even thinks about that. Like no one's like, are you, are you Irish? You're not allowed here because they've learned how to act. You see what I'm saying? The Irish did not used to be white. And that's why a lot of the best athletes in the world are also Irish. Uh, some of the best golfers, boxers, football players. You know, I think low impulse control is actually uh, like a really good thing in sports. 
People don't realize how fucking talented Irish athletes are. They're really, really good. Um, but yeah, they, they acted like a bunch of ends and, uh, but they were beaten and, uh, submitted into becoming white. So it's possible, you know, that's why I have a lot of hope. Okay. Apologize for Colin Kaepernick says the boom. Well, I think that's more the Jews. Apologize for not being able to laugh without full body convulsions. I actually find that charming. Believing pancakes can grow on trees. Well, I think they paid the price for that one. It's called hopping on a slave ship. Smoke alarm beeping in every video they post. They don't know what batteries are. They think they're racist. Black should improve on cleanliness, language, behavior. White should stop meddling in other nations' affairs. Fair. We thought we were helping in our defense, but yeah, I think it's better to just let you guys crunk uh, and do your own thing. Listening to loud sexual crude music in public spaces with children around, I agree. Harriet says, stealing my 2001 Honda. I think we all want an apology for that, Harriet. I want them to apologize for never passing the ball in basketball and ruining pickup basketball. Yeah, they, they don't know that other people exist in the world. Sitting on locker room benches at the gym, endlessly scrolling with headphones in, singing along loudly to their music when all I want to do is change and get the fuck out of there. I mean, we all hate that. Would like an apology for just getting on my tits every single day. Borrowing tools and not returning them. I think that's more Mexican, but thank you, Benjamin. Apologize for the tens of... Blacks don't use tools. They don't work. What, what tool are they going to use? The only tool they have is fucking lubricant and a phone. Okay, apologize for the tens of thousands of white people they murdered and for being the most violent race on the planet. Well, whites are technically more violent, but we just do it in war. We, we like our violence legal. Like we, whites are extremely violent, but the way we like to do violence is we all agree on a law, we, we get consent, and then we murder each other. But it is much better for society, the way we do our crime. Or our murder, or whatever. Uh, I want blacks to apologize for being Christians. Ah, it's weird that despite being forced into conversion, they're the loudest preachers in the streets. Please turn off the microphone and stop jazz handing out praise Jesus. Have some dignity. I don't know, I like their enthusiasm, honestly. I'm not gonna, I, if they're gonna be loud in public, it might as well be to spread the good news. For playing loud, shitty rap in public places, I want an apology, and I wrote, and you deserve one. Teddy said, this arrogant mentality will lead everyone to hellfire, in which the Prophet Muhammad said, no one should speak of arrogance, uh, will smell with fragrance of paradise. I said, this isn't arrogance, stay out of this one, Habib. Uh, this is, like, I know some of you guys, uh, most of you guys at this point know what I'm doing. This isn't arrogance. It's trying to break victim consciousness because when people want to talk about, uh, oh, Zionists are trying to keep us apart. Okay, the only way we can ever come together is if we all agree on what is good and what is bad. So then I said, I'll start. Hey, Blacks, sorry for taking your music and making it suck and sung by Disney kids handled by pedophiles. Hey, Blacks, sorry for white meth heads yelling in Walmart and using a scooter when we don't need one. 
Now it's your turn and you have a lot to apologize for. Okay, and this is one I got that ended up being great. Listen to this one. Okay, so, because uh, this isn't arrogance, guys. It's breaking victim consciousness. And I think some, uh, I think that wh whatever Muslim said that, they probably mean well. Like one of my new themes is assume noble intention. But they just don't understand what the fuck I'm saying. All right. So a black said, I'm sorry we didn't say no to the CIA when they wanted us to sell crack in our to our neighbors. And I wrote, that's passive aggressive. It's your fault you sold and smoked the crack. You were just given an offer. Externalizing blame will only lead to more misery. And he said, I actually mean it. We didn't have to do it. An offer from the devil is an offer from the devil. Doesn't matter if he's wearing government clothes. And I said, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Think of the power that he just displayed. Think of that power. You know, if anything, what I'm doing is pro-black to a degree that people would be like, why are you trying to empower them? Like one of my Muslim friends was laughing. We we're laughing about it when he's like, dude, you're going to strengthen Christians a lot with these messages. And we're laughing because he's like, wouldn't it, you know, sometimes like, he's like, sometimes I think like, wouldn't it be better to just let them, just let them destroy themselves? And, uh, and I was like, no, I want to just always say what the truth is. And if they can be Christian and know about usury and sodomy, then that's great. Like that's my goal, you know? But, um, I think the Christians that know about usury and sodomy and Zionism do not see Muslims as their enemy. And that's awesome. You know, I think the, the people that hate the Muslims the most are the ones that are addicted to pornography. They are, they, they are in unpayable debt. They, uh, you know, it's that shit. Or else you would just see them as people that are crushing where it's like how people view the Amish or the Mennonites or something. You're like, they're different, but we have the same worldview. Like they're different and foreign feeling, but like, you know, we at least agree on what's bad. Okay. Let him know he was sounding very Jewy at the moment. Yeah, we laughed about that. We laughed about how it was a little Jewy, but uh, it is funny though. Cause it, 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 like what I'm telling you guys is very strengthening. Like when I'm, what I'm telling the blacks, uh, actually would strengthen them. That's the irony. And a few blacks on here get it. A few blacks are like, like they're like, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Victim consciousness is why you're poor and miserable and go to prison and you're addicted because you think someone owes you something. That doesn't make you strong. You're not going to get that payout. You know, keeping people on welfare, keeping people uh, dependent, keeping people... Uh, with these narratives of victim consciousness, it just keeps you down. It keeps you from ever succeeding. And, uh, all right, moving on. And I wrote, I won't apologize for the crimes of the Jews to the blacks, by the way. Just what American whites do, which is basically just being fat in Walmart and meth and drunk driving and being too tolerant of homos and being obsessed with money. But I'm serious. The blacks have so much to apologize for. It's almost hard to comprehend. So I'm uh, closing out. Uh, I'm closing out uh, Black History Month pretty strong because I did a tweet that went pretty viral where I said, I think pandering to blacks is over. Is anyone else seeing that? And a ton of blacks were like offended. They're like, say what, you bigot? I'm like, you want us to pander to you? 
Like you want us to treat you like a fucking baby and you expect to become strong. Nice try. I said, until the blacks learn there's no shame in apologizing and understanding that their actions affect other people, I worry that there will be no coming together. Force doesn't work long term. It only creates a counterforce. I would love to see the blacks and the whites heal, but only if they can acknowledge all the things they do that are wrong and abusive. They won't change unless they can admit their behavior is wrong. Like, I'll, I'll start. Okay. I can admit, despite the fact that I have a little voice telling me it's fine, that I swear too much. I'm vulgar. And although I can make the argument that vulgar is Latin for vulgate or of the people, you know, it's just communicating in a way that uh, working people understand, and I consider myself a working person, it's still, it's still like I shouldn't swear this much. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't be fat. I shouldn't uh, talk so much shit. You know, I'm not saying like, you know, apologize for being, uh, for making mistakes or being bad or not being, you know, um, or not being your optimal self. Cause who the hell am I? Like I'm crazy when it comes to some shit. Like I'll just, I'll just talk shit to people in under five seconds based on an assumption. I know that that's, that's not ideal and I'm, I'm trying to work on it and I've worked on it over the years, but like, can you not see that loudly that like loudly listening to rap on a train is like not cool. It's, it's like, no, this is me. If, okay. Always ask yourself this. If everyone did that, would the world be functional? If every single person in America acted like a black, would we, what would it look like? It would be terrible, you know? Isn't it infuriating to a normal person to be treated like a baby? Not, no, they, it appears they want to. And if they keep going down this road, there will be a movement to send them to Africa. Because, uh, all right, let me continue here. Which, which I'm not, I'm not signing off on because that, you know, American and a United States citizen has been promised a thing, you know, for whatever reason, they're a citizen and, you know, does that make you an, a national? No, but you know, it's, it's complicated. Like someone who's been here eight generations, how the hell are they going to live in Africa? You know, it's like, I don't think that's fair, but it will get to a point potentially where Someone's got to go, you know, like, uh, like the ethnic war between the Mexicans and the blacks in, uh, Crenshaw and South central. A lot of people don't realize that happened where it was dominated by the blacks and now it's completely Mexican and there's no blacks there. What happened? They fought. They were like fighting. <laughs> they were like killing each other for like years and the Mexicans won. And so you can you can work together and you can have a sense of harmony if you agree on right and wrong, on like what behavior is acceptable in public. And if you can't agree, eventually there will be a problem. And that problem could be, um, you know, that problem could be severe. And so I know I'm like joking around, but it's, uh, BB, they won't make it in Africa. They are American. Yeah, yeah. No, but I get it. It's like, it. it's, that's a, that's an extreme move that is so not ideal 
it's pretty inhumane. Like, I would not be in favor of right now sending the blacks to Africa at all. Because it's just like, that's like very damaging and they're not equipped and they don't speak the language. And a lot of blacks are good people in America and they like work hard and they, um, I don't know, it just seems unfair. But let's say it gets to a point where the tension gets unlivable. You know, like let's say the fiat currency, hypothetically, we lose world reserve currency and can no longer print our way into welfare. Let's say, hypothetically, in the future, the dependent classes of people have no food stamps, no welfare, no social programs, no, and we don't have enough prisons. What happens then? Then that, that crime and violence of whatever, it starts spilling out. And then you start getting real conflict where people can't be paid off. Then what happens? Either you can come together and you can actually share your morality, your common views. You're like, what is right and wrong? Are you owed something? If you don't get that check in the mail, what are you going to do? You know, at that point, what I would propose is slavery so that they wouldn't be sent off to Africa. They would be like a, like a moral, humane, more Islamic slavery where it's like, I don't know. There's been some bad practices from Islamic nations in the past with slavery. I mean, I, I read somewhere that, uh, I don't know. I mean, biblical or Islamic slavery, they have rules to it. Like you can't, they're not your property as, and you can like abuse them. You can't rape them. You have to feed them what you eat. They're allowed families. They have to have a day off. You know, it's not that bad. But there has been times in the past where there's been horrible abuse, like abuse on uh, slaves. But I mean, what's the other option? Like death? A rehabilitation slaverism? Yeah, yeah. A rehab, yeah, like a rehabilitation slaverism. Where you just work all week, you know? You get the food. You sing the songs. You get one day off for prayer and like family time. And you don't get to vote. And uh, I mean, I don't think people have really thought through the alternatives. Um, okay. And I don't think it should be racial. I don't think slavery should be racial either at all. Like there's a lot of dependent whites. There's a lot of uh, criminal whites. There's, uh, you know, I'm not saying that like every black should be a slave. I'm just saying the dependent class that like won't assimilate with the values, what do you do? Like, honestly, like I'll, I'll check the chat. Like, what do you do now? You have like a hardworking black dude. No, he's not going to be a fucking slave. That's insane. Like the big evil of a, I don't even know if I want to call it evil. You know, hindsight's 2020. I wasn't there, but race-based slavery doesn't feel fair to me. It doesn't feel like, uh, like it's fair, you know? Um, all right. Anyway, I would love to see the blacks and the whites heal, but only if they acknowledge that, yeah, they won't change unless they can admit their behavior is wrong. The sad fact is they are proud of slamming a 40 and bailing on their newborn to get some stinky on that hang low from someone else. They're proud of running credit card scams to get speakers to blast horrible music out of their filthy Honda Civic that they stole. 
They're proud of stealing a bike only to throw it in a river because they didn't have a dad. And as long as they think this behavior is good, there is no healing. Yes, everyone makes mistakes, but we need to agree on what a mistake is. Like I had that in my life where I used to, uh, I used to forgive people and think we were cool. Like I'd be like, oh, I forgive them. I forgive them. And then I realized that they weren't sorry. And then they do it again, right? Isn't that interesting? Where you're like, oh, I for I've forgiven that person. Well, did they ask for an apology? Did they say they were sorry? No. Well, then they're going to do it again because they don't think it's wrong. And so when you're looking at, you know, these macro problems, if you're listening to music or you're watching behavior or you're like seeing what someone's doing and they think it's good, there is no healing because you can't function side by side. You know what I mean? Like, uh, for example, our best buddies, the juice. Eli Wiesel sexually assaulted teenager at charity event woman claims in Me Too movement. Me Too account. Yeah, I mean, but he brought a, uh, a giant pile of shoes, so he's still the victim. You know, it's like the Holocaust thing, the slavery thing. You're running out of runway, and if you listen to the Eric Weinsteins in the world, like, they know they're running out of sympathy. Like, people are fucking done with it. And so I'm trying to do my best to get people to uh, find common ground to uh, forgive with acknowledgement of what a crime is, what morality is. Because other than that, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at slavery or mass deportation. And it's not going to be the people that, uh, that pay the taxes. You know, unfortunately for our best buddies, the blacks. Okay, moving on. Um, what's this? Oh, yeah. Christopher Langan is one of the smartest men in both the nation and the entire world. But his IQ is predicted as high as 215. And it says he has conspiracy theories, including 9-11. Um, he's uh, thinly veiled anti-Semitism, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There is a level of intelligence where you see problems in the world. And you don't say it out loud because you weigh risk versus reward. Where you think, if I say it, I will lose social standing and I'll lose money. So it's actually better to keep my mouth shut. If you're smart enough, you realize that if that happens long enough, you won't even have a social to stand in. <laughs> like, if you go along with lies for social standing and money long enough, if enough people do that long enough, eventually there is no social standing or money. And so a lot of very high IQ people can be called autistic or crazy or whatever because they say these things, but it's because like, they're smart enough to know that the risk of not saying them is even higher. Yeah, over a long enough timeline, going along with lies and perpetuating nonsense results in complete collapse. Okay, Codsworth, Super Chats. And again, thank you guys so much for, uh, for the Super Chats. Now that we're unauthorized, it's no longer, uh, no longer has a payment processor. It means a lot. It really uh, eased my, my stress Oh, we have a lot of them. Sweet. Andrew Tate is wolf in sheep's clothing. Maybe. But you always got to leave people room, uh, room to grow or else, or else you're really fucked. You know, maybe he is. Or maybe he really has made a change and wants to be a shepherd. I don't know. But I just wanted to highlight that he unexpectedly attempted to help. Now, could it be a nefarious reason? Could it be whatever? Sure. 
but it might not be too. And I think uh, I'm going to try and assume noble intent more and more, hopefully. Because sometimes I can get negative and always assume nefarious intent and always assume, uh, you know, but I don't know. I mean, how do you, uh, how do you fix stuff if you just can't think anyone can change? All right. Appreciate what you do, brother. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. All right. Since Vox said we only have 150 annual subscribers, paying the gay away for everyone but the other 149 legends for the vaccine damaged, you know, you know the rest. Thank, thank you, MN Trucker Bear. Bill said, I distinctly remember the cameraman dropping hard ends when he was sitting behind Owen on the stream. I am a fan of the hard end when done right, but it made me uncomfortable and temporarily not racist when he said it. Same feeling when Dr. Shiva uses uh, his big boy cuss words. You know, you know, I agree. I agree with you on that. I do. I think that there's uh, there's like an energy around certain. You know, there's like an energy around it, you know, where it's like. I don't want to sound cliche because I don't believe in hate speech. You know, I don't believe that that there are bad words, you know, only bad intent. But there are times when you can like feel it and it just like something feels off when you're like, when he says the hard end, it feels weird, you know? And uh, yeah, I definitely got that from the cameraman. And yeah, when Shiva was like, I'll fucking swear in front of a fucking kid. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> you know, I don't swear in front of my kids. But then, yeah, then I've asked myself, so why swear in front of adults? Like if it damages kids, then theoretically, isn't it, you know, then why do it to anybody? And there is truth to that, but I'm still, uh, I wrestle with that a lot. I distinctly remember the, ca- oh, I read that one. Uh, better get a hetero booster before I hit the highway, says GB Bear. James says, hey, Big Bear, just a peacock delivery video. Looking forward to seeing how they turn out. Love the intro to your show with scenes of Sandpoint. Thanks for all you do. CDA bear, if that's not taken yet. Thank you. Yeah, and we have a really cool idea for the app. We might uh, really start focusing on local advertisement and make this area connected to the app. We're talking about that. For more peacocks and peahens. Thank you, girl, Avery Bear. Mormon Rishi, you said something so spot on it deserves money that the elites do not lie as much as we think. They are precise with their words and they say... What they say is true in a certain sense and imagine or misinterpret what is said as ascribing their assumptions to it. For a masterclass in this art, watch the film called Being There. Yeah, I think we assume noble intent from a lot of elites and assume nefarious intent from a lot of each other. And I think it should be uh, flipped. That the Talmudic, when someone has basically proclaimed their atheism, their Talmudic nature, the materialism, utilitarianism that uh, might makes right and the Malthusian, you know, devour the weak. Uh, don't like always assume that what they're saying is, is to fuck you. But if somebody proclaims that they aren't that, you know, I think it's cool to really try and assume that they're trying to be better people. I don't know. Just a thought. Just heard about the attack on UA. Time to circle the wagons. Thank you very much. No, I feel very, uh, very loved from you guys, man. And it's, uh, you know, that was a big shock, but Vox has a great plan. He's more motivated than ever. It's a great time to take unauthorized to the next level. 
Uh, we'll let you know when you can sign up again once we lock in our uh, next payment processor and, uh, you know, keep crushing. Uh, glad you got your peacock back. Hopefully you figure out how to get him in the unpayable debt soon. Totally. I got to get my peacock in debt. A tip for Walter and his violin solo. Well done, young man. It was beautiful. Thanks, Chinook Bear. Brennan says, paying the payment processors gay away. It's billions in total for them fraud. But this is all I have. Oh, no, we appreciate it, guys. And people are like, you guys got to sue. Suing is so expensive. And um, I don't know. I tried suing Patreon. And I, I love that experience. But it was brutal and corrupt and all that good stuff. So um, I just want to keep going. I just want to keep working. And I don't know. But it is, it is crazy that these payment processors uh, are doing that. Like their, their morality is so bad that you're not allowed to talk about the vaccine damage legally now in France. You know, now that it's come out that it absolutely causes myocarditis, that's fucking nuts. That you're not allowed to mock sodomy. Un unreal. But again, I'm not going to take on victim consciousness either. It, it's not being done to me. You know, these are all just obstacles that, it, that there's a way through it and we'll be stronger for it. And they're only doing it to themselves. You know, the, the, the evil that people do ends up hitting them, hitting their own family, their own fruit. And, uh, and I wouldn't wish that on, on anybody. All right. Cheers, Big Bear. If you want to drop a hard R while you're still on Twitter, just say vinegar. You got your red vinegar, white vinegar, and your cotton picking vinegar. That's genius. I love it. A vinegar stole my bike. Here's some money for Peacock Feed and a little extra to pay the gay away. For any listeners who don't send you money in your time of need, keep crushing, Big Bear. We won't let you fail. Well, the main thing is when we launch unauthorized again, just sign back up. That's the, that's the most, that's the main thing. Cause it's like the most daunting thing is rebuilding our, uh, you know, our subscriber base. Um, but I feel very confident that you guys will come through. All right. CJ CNC bear here. Enjoy the struggle. Thank you very much. That was very generous. Don't worry about UA big bear. It'll work out for the good in the end. Like you were saying in Monday's stream. I don't know when my UA subscription is due, so I'll pay it every week until the payments are reestablished. Onward. That's extremely generous of you. Spicy. First time ever super chatter, longtime listener, regular unauthorized subscriber. Excited to see what solution you find for unauthorized. Me too. Wu T Bear. Paying the gateway for been, it's been too long, but been alcohol free for six weeks. I've seen motivation that was missing for at least two years. Still learning banjo, still a kung fu nerd but starting to stand taller and get shit done. Keep crushing BB. God bless the bears and unauthorized.tv. So, so grateful. Thank you. Three bucks for Benny. Benny bucks. Nice. Lost and found bear. Just caught yesterday's stream. Hold fast. We sail head first into the storm. We laugh at the rains in our faces. And when the skies break, we'll still be afloat. Onward. That's beautiful. Lost and found bear. Joshua. Peacock fun. Thank you. Onward. Carolina bear. That was very generous. Friend of a bear, I'm grateful to stream and everything that comes from the community. Onward. Thank you. I'm grateful for you. Michael, help to the front lines. Keep rocking, big bear, home defense bear. Thank you so much. Yogi, BB, please allow me to throw a few shekels your way just to make sure you keep streaming every day. 
because God knows we need it. Uh, P.S. It looks like I won't make it to the fest as our new child is due in September, but I would be happy to come visit sometime in June and meet some bear legends. Hit me up on the Bertari Times app onwards. That's from Yogi Bear. Nathaniel, a poem might, I might be poor. I'm definitely broke, but I'd rather die than get fucking woke. We are empowered. Nothing is bleak. They must attack because they're so weak. Keep it up, Big Bear and Nato Bear. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you. Lusky, I love that. Always give a guy a way out in conflict. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's important, especially morally. You know, it doesn't mean you have to, like, forget. It doesn't mean you have to, let like, trust someone or let someone in or put someone in position again that they can do the same thing to you. But, you know, uh, grace and forgiveness are very important uh, for yourself as well as everyone else. On the tape payment option, just make sure there are no conditionals. Well, I'm not even using his option or his help. I just wanted to shout out that he tried, and I appreciate it. I uh, no, we have our own thing going on. I ju- I just want to highlight that he that he tried to help because I think that's cool. Croatian Bosnian bear here. I want an apology from the N from the vinegar who sued me. And force me to settle instead of paying a lawyer. Hope you're happy with your reparations. Whoa, that sounds intense. Uh, every time I think I can relax financially, my bank account suddenly hemorrhages every damn time. Thanks for the Sunday stream and blessings to family. Thank you, Catherine. Just grateful, man. Thanks for what you do. Onward. Thank you. Apologize for wearing the the end of the... Wearing out the end of the whip. Hilarious. Sherlock, if victim consciousness keeps you down, how did the Jews take over America? That's, that's a really good question. Wow. That is actually an Achilles heel to my argument. Okay, my answer would be it's only temporary. My answer would be this iteration of quote-unquote Jews is not, it's generationally, uh, You know, generationally, if you look at the pattern, it looks like they're consolidating power, but they're also hemorrhaging it and falling apart. So, but that is a very good point uh, you just brought up because pound for pound, they're incredibly um, successful and they have the worst victim consciousness in America. Um, But I I would guess it's because it's short term, even though it appears to be long term. Thanks for what you do. Best comedian in the round. Thanks, Tower Bear. Will the new slave camps be allowed to have Beat Labs, a.k.a. Studios? No. Support for the new payment processor onwards. Feed the peacock. Yes. Uh, They still aren't doing great, though. Oh, no. I mean, personally, they're doing terrible. Yeah, that's a factor. If you're measuring success in just money, maybe, but they're doing really bad. I mean, they're absolutely spiraling. I mean, I was... I, I sincerely listened to a three-hour Eric Weinstein podcast, and he's not doing good. And I think he's trying. You know, he talked about how his son was at some liberal school and his friend killed himself because they're always told they're bad and they're always told that they're toxic masculinity and blah, blah, blah. And he goes on this long thing about it. It's like, we need to love our children more. We need to speak the truth, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just listening. I'm like, 
then why the fuck did you send your kid there? It's like they're in hell. It's like, then homeschool. You're like crazy rich. You know, I'm spiraling about a payment processor and I homeschool four kids. How can you not homeschool? You're a fucking rich Jew. Um, yeah, the Jays are a slave class for actual heavy hitters. That's, that's a good thought, Coddington. They might be another group's blacks. You know, and just because they got shiny rims and some grills doesn't mean they aren't enslaved. Because listening to Weinstein, he was like, the important question isn't Jeffrey Epstein. It's who is behind him. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys. Like he was saying it so openly that I'm like, do you not know what we all think? He was like, forget about Jeffrey Epstein as a man, but who is the force funding him to do that? I'm like, the Jews? I don't know, Eric, what's your last name? And he was talking about how, uh, how Harvard is mostly not education. It's like research and development and it's behind closed doors and there are organizations you can't Google. And he's a Harvard alum. And I'm like, you realize you just said that out loud, right? Like all of our conspiracy theories are all like fact. And then he's like, nothing works anymore. Blah, blah. He's just listing all the true shit. And I'm like, yeah, but it's you guys. I don't think they know it's them. Because he's like, oh, he's like, theoretical physics is the future. It's the most important thing ever. It's like science fiction. We just dream up these amazing things. And I'm like, you just said it out loud. Yeah, it's science fiction. You guys literally are just playing make-believe. Like you don't actually do anything productive. And they're like, oh no, we're the reason that we can possibly do warp speed and go through a wormhole in our weapon systems. I'm like, bullshit. Those weapon systems are designed by engineers at Lockheed Martin and places like that. They're not theoretical physicists or fucking sci-fi writers. The same, they're like, we're the people that can possibly ride the wave of gravitational waves through the, I'm like, no, you can't. You're just making up horse shit. You know, those really advanced technologies that people uh, squirt about are not because of science. Like the whole, um, like their definition of science is just, it's narrative driven nonsense. Engineering is what creates the F-16. You know, a theoretical physics. Yeah, I'm a theoretical anti-Semite. I'm always just coming up with dreams and ideas of what the Jews might be up to. And I don't have to prove it. Uh, I can just I can just believe it. And it's real. Wormhole code for Jew sewers. I think they believe it. I think they believe it because I because. Uh, I, I was kind of reaching out to some people that know some of these guys because, uh, you know, my buddy, Kevin, who's a physicist, who's doing actual, you know, useful shit. You know, he's making a new uh, a new nuclear reactor that can do un unbelievable stuff. And he's, you know, he's looking for funding from people like that. And I reached out to someone that's close to Eric just to see if he would possibly be interested in my buddy's idea. And, and this person was like, uh, oh, no, Eric's looking for his own funding to do warp speed through space time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, 
So he's actually trying to do that because that's retarded. Like they really do. They're like, oh, I don't think the aliens can travel through the universe in the way we comprehend it because a light year is so far away. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are like retarded. The investment money is going to disappear at warp speed. But the question isn't, is it complete nonsense? It's do they believe it? And guys, I think they fucking believe it. I just think they're like retarded. He's going on and on about the damage that liberal public school does to kids that his son went to. And his son's friend just killed himself because they've been told they're toxic masculinity and evil because they have white skin the entire time they're in school. And I'm like, and as a father who loves his sons, that has to hurt. Like that, there's nobody that's narcissist. Maybe somebody exists. I can't fathom the narcissism that doesn't want to protect your son from that. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. So why would he send his kid every day to this school? Why would he pay for his son to be treated like that? And then someone could say, oh, it's probably a very uh, prestigious private school. So money? So you fucking sold out your son for money? Like, are they fucking nuts? Do you think Eric Weinstein is taking the talking the truth because it's revelation of method or he's just doing so many psych psychiatric drugs allegedly that he doesn't know what he's doing? I think he's trying I think he believes he's saying what's true, which is crazy to me. You know, he's like we just need to be more honest and speak the truth in public spaces because every time I say anything remotely true the knives come out and and, you know, I'm treated like this bad person. I'm like, bro, I just got kicked out of a French processor, payment processor. Like, I'm not allowed on Airbnb, Eric. And he's talking about how um, diversity is bad and how it's better to be exclusive and to hold the standards. And I'm like, no shit, Eric. So why don't you get punished like I do for that? And what I think it is, is the fish doesn't know it's wet. Where... The Jews, these rich Zionist Jews, these atheist Jews, which is a complete contradiction, understand that their homeland of Israel, they're claiming, was given to them by a God they don't believe exists. That's insane. Okay? Whether it's a trick or they really believe it, I don't know. But if you say the thing long enough, if you lie to other people long enough, you lie to yourself. So, so these Jews are saying so much out loud. And you know, there's the whole thing of revelation and method and all that, but I don't think it's that. I think they don't realize what they're saying. They're like, they're like with this diversity stuff, people that don't deserve it are allowed in Harvard and now it's becoming a laughing stock. I'm like, that's what the Jews did to Harvard first. Okay. He even brought up, he's like, we should have legacy admit admission and our legacy admissions are not being allowed at the rate that they were because of this diversity and inclusion insanity. And when I say that publicly, everyone calls me a racist and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so you think your Jew ass should have your Jew son be allowed to go to Harvard because 
of your bloodline, not because of accomplishment. That's what legacy means. That's what nepotism is. When Harvard was the best, it was Protestant. It was founded by Protestants. So was Princeton. So was Yale. So was Dartmouth. It was a Protestant Anglo-Saxon institution. Okay. The Jews took it over and made it, yeah, it's this, uh, this tax-free, uh, what are those things called? Uh, it's not a trust. It's a endowments and, and they have billions of dollars of tax-free money and they just give it to each other to do research and development and grants and studies and it's horse shit. And when the Jews came in, the Protestants were still, you know, it, it used to have this high standard where the smartest people went to Harvard. The smartest people went to Yale, and then they became like the leadership of the country. Once the Jews got in with the help of Kaplan, this guy named Kaplan who does the Kaplan, uh, uh, you know that, um, that SAT course? Do you guys know the actual story behind this? Kaplan would have his students go take the SATs, and they, they each had to bring him a question. And he compiled all the questions on the SATs because the... The high trust Anglo-Saxon Protestant, yeah, they never changed the answers, yeah. The high trust Anglo-Saxon Protestant couldn't conceive of Jewish trickery. I'm dead serious. So they would have the same test every year. And so you would honorably take the test and see who the smartest was. The Jews said, oh, I see, uh, I see an exploit. I see a, a hack. Oh, we're going to test hack this. We're going to be cunning and smart. And so they made, they compiled all the questions to the test and they would give the Jews the answers before they took the test. This is a fact. So then the Jews started getting into Harvard. And then once they were in, they started uh, uh, doing legacies and doing nepotism and bringing in other Jews. And then they made this fast track with like to media through the lampoons. Harvard Lampoons became the head writers of like all the comedy shows. So they're now controlling the culture. They're sent the, the law, Harvard law is like all the presidents, all the congressmen, same with Yale law, blah, blah, blah. Princeton managed to hold on to its uh, Anglo-Saxon Protestant roots. But so the Jews have absolutely exploited these institutions. So then enter Eric Weinstein. He's coming in, in the 80s, the heyday when they still have the reputation because of the previous Anglo-Saxon Protestant greatness where there was an honor code where you took a test. You didn't hack it. Oh, but the Jew average IQ is 116. No, it's not. That's literally a lie. Okay. So they, uh, they cheat and they hack. And the, Indian, the, the Pajits do the same shit too. They're just always cheating and hacking. And so then it starts becoming a laughing stock because other people think that the only way to get ahead at Harvard is through racial identity. So they say we need more people of color. It's very logical how this happened, how activism happened, because the Jews, uh, they did it first and they were like very successful at it. And so the in-group preference thing started taking off. If, we, if you can't get promoted at Harvard because of your... Uh, qualifications, then you have to become an activist like the Jews just did. And you have to be your color. You have to be your gender. You have to invent a victim category. 
So I'm not male. I'm not female. I'm, I'm a unicorn. I'm intersex. I'm exploited, right? And so because the Jew had established this culture of he who is the most victim wins, this, this, this answer is that one bears question about this. How did the Jews, how did it work for the Jews? It's ending very, very fast. Okay, so they established this victim consciousness success strategy that because they're a victim, they deserve to go to Harvard. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Then everyone started mimicking that and matching it and beating them at it. And then they start losing everything. And to the point where it's going to get ugly for these people because their entire advantage is perceived victim consciousness, low trust chutzpah, where they brag about hypocrisy. They brag about the horrible things they do in business. And they need to have a high trust population to exploit. High IQ, low trust comes into high trust, high IQ, which is America. Like, why would anyone lie? Why would anyone cheat? That's so dishonorable. You know, and they hammer the white American with the Anglo-Saxon Protestant American. They hammer them with like, you're bad, you're racist, you're evil, you hurt people. And because our culture was so kind and uh, charitable, we thought someone needs help. We should protect these people. We should, we should give up some of ours to help. You know, like what we do in the bear community is so beautiful. It's like big bears hurting. You know, he got kicked off the payment processor. Let's all chip in. And we all trust each other. And you know, I'm not lying. And you know, it's all a jib, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if I did that and you find out I lied and I did it just to get super chats. Like what Tim Pool did with uh, FBI rates. How many times would you allow that? Once, twice? Like then you would never trust that and you would never support. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Then it starts all falling apart. So like, one of my uh, most valuable assets is my consistency, my honesty, the fact that you all know I follow through. I try as hard as I can to satisfy my audience. I'm not money motivated. And when I tell you what I'm doing, it's what I'm doing. That's how we can have a high trust community where we build with each other, okay? As soon as you start getting revealed as a wolf in sheep's clothing, the whites, the, Anglo, the high trust societies, they turn. And they turn hard, you know, and it takes a little while, but then it starts becoming like no one excludes and and uh, banishes better than the whites. No one in the world. We might be really kind and really like naive sometimes and easy to exploit and you can shame us. But once there's that turn, like once people are like, oh, that's a liar, like don't believe them, they're lying. Uh, you're going to see doors close in ways that you can't imagine because there is grace, there is forgiveness, but you're not going to take advantage like that. And so that's my answer because I genuinely felt like Eric Weinstein believes what he's saying. Like he sees something wrong in science. He sees something wrong in the universities. He thinks more people should speak the truth, but he, he's still saying that there can be a female gendered brain in a male He's still saying home, you're born homosexual. He's still saying all this bullshit. You know, and it's good luck. He's still sending his kid to a school that hates him. Permanent damage. You know, 
his entire scientific worldview is based on a on science fiction. It's not even close to reality. Haha, <laughs> true, we can cut you off completely. Yeah. Once someone's established as having bad intention, it's not even that when a white disagrees with you. It's like you don't share values, you're lying about your victim status, and you have bad intention. White communities can fucking shut you off. Like the shunning can be intense. All right. The cure can't be the cause. Yeah. When the Saxon began. Yeah, but the key also is for the whites to not develop victim consciousness. Like it's easy to be like, oh, they're, they're, they're coming for the white man. Oh, now I can't even get into college because of stupid Tyrone here. They're trying to replace me. No, no, we're better than that. We're the management class. Like we are white. We're great. Okay. If you buy into victim consciousness, you're going to go down the same road as these people. And guys, the Jew road right now, I'm not talking about the, um, the urban Amish. I'm not talking about those guys. You know, they seem like they're doing their thing. They're having tons of kids. They seem like uh, pretty dialed in. You know, I think they look retarded and act crazy, but I respect them in a way like those, uh, Hasid's just weird, but, uh, you know, they're doing their shit, but these Zionist atheist quote unquote Jews in America, they're fucked, man. They're, they're like, I, I literally pity them. You know, their, their generations are getting weaker and weaker. They're more and more confused. They won't admit that the reason science sucks now is because their greatest accomplishments are lies. The moon landing, the nuclear bomb, you know, it's just bullshit. Like those things do so much damage, whether or not people want to admit it out loud or not. The moon landing at this point is fucking retarded. So when you're like, we put a man on the moon, dude, everybody will be like, yeah, amen. Yeah, we crush. I'd say 80% know it's bullshit. So you think they're going to be excited about science? You think after all this time, a lot of people aren't wondering why nuclear bombs are never used and why Hiroshima is fine and it might just be bullshit. And so when you run your scientific institutions based on science fiction and nonsense equals MC square, oh, it changed the world. No, it didn't. Einstein was a freak. Theory of relativity is science fiction. You know, because Eric Weinstein was like, oh, and now we're in the straitjacket of relativity. relativity. Isn't that so ironic? You're, <laughs> you're oppressed by relativity. Relativity was the ultimate oppression of reality-based science. Where, you know, measurable science, the scientific method, having to prove what you're saying. Relativity is like, no one can prove anything because it's all relative. It depends on where you're viewing it from. And so now the scientists can't do shit because everything they're proud of is a lie. So now they have to hold water for the last generation of liars forever. And they're going to get passed on by because the truth will set you free. And if people can't at this point admit that the moon landing looks stupid, like the moon lander looks like a methods tree fort. It looks like it was made at Joam Fabrics. And it makes no logical sense that there's no financial motivation to go back to the moon. Like that's so fucking dumb that the only people that are going to go with that are crazy people. Um, no, no, I'm not going to say that. I have, I have friends that believe in the moon landing that I really respect. 
but you're not going to get like actual scientists to grow when they all have to agree on something that's so dumb. You know, it's like, it's like the, it's like what 9-11 did to structural engineering. Like my wife is a structural engineer and she, and she went to a, a, uh, she went to USC and she went to a, what are those things called? Like a camp. I don't know what they're called where all the engineers get together and it was sponsored by the CIA where they all learned about how jet fuel melts steel beams and how despite all the other training, that it would fall like it was being demolished. So now that entire field is corrupted by that lie. Everything you build on that foundation is gonna fall apart because you are now teaching your engineers something that is not true. A retreat? No, it's called like, um, I don't know, what do intellectuals call get-togethers? Um, Keynote speaker at a, I'm going to a workshop, something like workshop, more, uh, more snooty than workshop though. Like, uh, I'm going to, a, I'm the keynote speaker at a symposium, co- conference, seminar, something like that. Yeah. So, okay. If those steel beams collapsed at that point, that wouldn't happen. Like, that isn't how a building would fall. Fact. Okay. So, to say that a plane would melt steel beams and cause so much structural damage that they would just become dust and fall to the ground, including Building 7, that's nonsense. And so, when you're like, okay, you have to believe this, you can't build on that because you're now starting to... uh, do a dogma and a form of religion in what should be based on science. And that's why your science sucks, Eric Weinstein. I don't even think we're standing on a spinning fucking ball. So good luck with your warp speed jet engine. You're probably just going to end up getting, you know, some form of disease from it. Okay. Dear Owen, I'm a slightly older person who was fortunate enough to have had upstanding parents, married a great guy, kind of young and stayed home to raise my children. What do you call a conference of blacks? About the best way to steal a bike, a semen hard R. Good one, Jonah Bear. Eric Weinstein is not having a good time. No, because he's he will not see that the same nepotistic victim consciousness that got them in charge of Harvard is going to be used by the next group. The den of thieves, when the knives comes comes out, like that's how they treat each other. And you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Live by the victim hutzpah, die by the victim hutzpah. All right. My father was adamant about never allowing oneself to get into debt and successfully passed that on to us. The result has been a truly happy, fulfilling life. I want to thank you for nudging other people in the positive directions that you do. Keep chipping away at the societal dysfunction. You give me hope. I was compelled to write because I know you like synchronicities. Please forgive me if this is something you've discussed. I'm a sporadic listener. On February 13th, you just mentioned usury, but not as strongly as you usually do. You said something like, I don't judge you for borrowing if you want to make money from rental properties. That's not what I mean. I'm not saying that, okay, I judge you if you say it's good. I judge you, like the the point I was trying to make is, I'm not like going to exclude you from my friend group or say I'm a better person than you. Or I understand that that's one of those things that people are kind of in now 
and they're dealing with it. And, and that's the way our economy is set up. I do judge you if you say it's good. Uh, I judge you if you teach that to people and say that that is a, that that is a good economic plan and it's moral. Okay. Shortly after you launched into the stones painted black on the piano, the song's lyric began, I see a red door and I want it painted black. Here's why that struck me. In Scotland, people used to paint their doors red. Whoa. To proudly signify that their home was mortgage free. I just got the tingles from that one. And I never play painted black. Whoa. I see a red door and I want to paint it black. Whoa, dude. That song was written from the point of view of the banker. I see a red door and I want it painted black. Because red represented uh, freedom from the bank. Whoa, dude. Whew. On a related note, my husband was in the Army mid-80s, early 90s. It was a time when we developed very long range artillery. I see the girls go by dressed in their summer clothes. I saw them turn my head until my darkness. Yeah, he's like a perverted Jew who wants everyone in debt and is gawking at the women that aren't covered by a hijab. Whoa, that was fucking, that is a, and I never play that. I see. I see a red door and I want it painted black. That means I see a free man and I want them in debt. No, I, wanna, I see people turn their heads and quickly look away. Like a newborn baby, it just happens every day. Oh yeah, when they spot the Jew with the big nose, there's the Shylock. And they quickly look away. Whoa. On an unrelated note, my husband was in the Army from the 80s to early 90s. It was a time when we developed very long-range artillery but didn't yet totally rely on computers. His MOS was Fire Direction Specialist, a.k.a. Charts and Darts. He manually computed... I, I know where this is going. He manually computed the deflection and range of howitzers and MLRS. He basically looked up factors and plugged them into a mathematical equation. I, I, I guarantee that there's a few factors that were not in that. There were charts like altitude, wind speed, and direction, and temperature, and yes, oh, it says the rotation of the Earth. I don't, I've, heard, I've talked to people that say there's not rotation of the Earth. Not that an old woman's secondhand army tales are substantive, but perhaps something to look into when the discussion comes up. I've talked to people that did the exact same job and said they never, ever factored in the curve of the Earth or the rotation of the Earth. I don't believe that. But I thought that you were going to go the other direction. But I'd like to talk to your uh, I'd like to talk to your husband. Okay, I don't see myself ever chatting online. I'm more of a next day while doing chores listener. But if wanting if writing one letter warrants a bear name, can I be pins and needles bear? Welcome pins and needles bear. My hands seem to always be full of sewing, crocheting, or knitting lately. Thanks so much for what you do. Best wishes to you and your beautiful family. Keep crushing, Renee. I'd like to talk to your husband actually. Because that would actually be interesting if they actually did factor that in. I've talked to several artillery guys that promise me they never have factored that in or uh, curved. And same with long range ballistics, same with all kinds of stuff. That whenever they manually do it, they because, okay, like direction. 
Like the direction, latitude, and longitude would be the whole deal with rotation of the earth because it would be a different speed and a different direction based on where you are. And they don't factor that in. So I don't know if I'd have to talk to him about it, but I, if, if there was evidence that he did that and he showed me how it worked, I would totally listen to that because I've looked down that. Wouldn't it, the season factor in two because of the tilt? Not theoretically. Theoretically, the tilt is like this, and I don't believe in this model at all, by the way. But there's a sun in the middle, and there's a tilt at 23.4 degrees, which is 66.6, right? And so as it turns, that's what causes um, seasons. It's not about being closer or farther from the sun. It's the angle. So that's why, you know, um, it's winter in the northern hemisphere. It's summer in the south, right? But the spin would be 1,000 miles an hour at the equator and zero miles an hour um, at the, at the pole. So where you are in the latitude is the speed at which the earth is spinning and the direction is everything too. So you have to know your latitude and your direction. And it's like trigonometry at that point. So like, let's say you're at 23.8 degrees. So the earth is spinning. I'm just making these numbers up. This earth is spinning at 712 miles an hour going west. And so your shot is north, northwest, and you're 20 and you're going 712 miles an hour. You'd have to do all the trigonometry to have that be affected. They don't do that. I promise you they don't do that. It was one of the big that was when I was holding on to the globe. I did not want to let go of the globe because of the abuse that globe deniers face. I, I didn't want that. I wanted to uh prove them wrong. I did not like flat earthers. I thought they sounded crazy. And I, I wanted to uh, destroy them, honestly. Uh, the calculations that would be necessary for that are absurd. Yeah, yeah, they, they're not calculated. Okay, so, um, so uh, I looked into that. I was like, that will prove it. Because the problem with globe versus flat is the only evidence of the globe is what NASA tells you because you can't do any experiments on land that prove spin or uh, curve, literally zero. Now that doesn't mean it's not spinning or curved. If, if theoretically all the air is spinning at the same speed and there's this invisible force called gravity and that's holding the atmosphere and blah, 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 blah. And uh, um, so I was like, okay, I got it. I know, I know how to do this ballistics, like long range ballistics. I'm like, I can show that if you're sending something like 50 miles, because at first they said snipers factor in the curve. That's what I said. I believed in the Coriolis effect that uh, if you shoot like, you know, a half a mile, you have to factor in the spin in the curve. Like everyone from Stefan Molyneux to everyone would mock flat earthers with just the Coriolis effect. So I was like, Coriolis effect. And unfortunately for me at the time, I happened to be really good friends with professional snipers and they don't factor it in. You know, some baby boomers claim to because they suck at shooting. They don't factor it in at all. And I was like, oh, maybe two miles isn't enough. You know, maybe that's not enough curve. That's only 16 inches. Uh, uh, and the spin, maybe all the air is spinning at the same time. Maybe. And so I was like, okay, 50 mile ballistic missiles. Ballistic means it's not self-powered. Like a bullet is ballistic. It means it's propelled by its own inertia. 
and they don't factor in the spin or the curve at all. Because when people say, oh, oh, we factor in the curve, I'm like, so you factor in latitude and direction? Zero. Because without those factors, you don't factor in the spin because it would be different speeds and a different direction depending on where you're standing. And I don't want to debate it because it's so preposterous once you understand it. So the spin of the earth is not just like, like in your mind, you're like, okay, no matter which way you point it, you have to factor in the spin, like everything moves. And so, okay, the direction down to a 10th of a degree would matter with spin. Like facing west at 27 degrees north latitude is different than facing west at 20 degrees north latitude. It's a different speed. It's a different angle. Everything changes. You're at 80 degrees latitude. You know, what's the speed of the spin versus like the direction it affects? It's nonsense, dude. It's fucking nonsense. And the fact that there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever of any professional person that needs real world observation has ever factored in the spin or the curve of the earth ever. Now, the theoretical physicists do it all the time, but they're fucking crazy. You know, because you could say, oh, well, airplanes don't have to do the nose because it's relative to gravity and air pressure and it's all relative. Everything's all about relative. Because theoretically, if you're spinning on a ball, you'd have to constantly have your nose down or else you put. And then so the argument would be, yeah, but it's relative because the atmosphere is the same pressure all the way around. And so, you know, it detects that. No, no. I mean, what really just crumbles the whole thing is long range ballistic military. Because there is no factor of latitude and no factor of speed and no factor of direction. When they say factor in the spin, a lot of quote unquote flat earthers know more about, they've thought through this more than globe people because they didn't want to believe it. Because they're like, they thought that flat earth sounded so stupid and so embarrassing, but they couldn't prove it. I could not prove the globe to save my life. Like I literally tried everything to prove it. And every home run I could think of, it actually did the opposite. Okay. Uh, where you are in the latitude depends upon where you are in your altitude. Um, I don't, you're not understanding what I'm saying. If you're at an eight inches per mile squared curve and you're flying a plane and all your uh, instruments are set to a flat, not moving plane, and you're going really fast, you should have to curve your nose down. Now, I've heard the argument that because the atmosphere curves as well, your plane is following the atmospheric pressure. I don't know. My friend just said, apparently there's a different calculation whether you're shooting north to south versus west to east. I've never found it. I've never seen people say that. They say there is a different calculation, but I've never, I've never talked to anyone who's ever factored it in. And I've talked to long-range artillery people. Latitude will change everything. The speed of the earth, imagine going from 
the equator to 45 degrees, you're going from 1,000 miles an hour to 500 miles an hour. That's a difference of 500 miles an hour of spin. Just the latitude. How many artillery guys are like, oh, we're, we're parachuting into, uh, into El Salvador. We're fighting. Oh, fuck. What's the latitude for, for long-range long ballistics? And again, I'm not saying what the Earth is. I'm not saying, oh, it's this, it's the reflection of the moon and, oh, ice ring. And, but I don't know. I fucking don't know. I have no ability of proving anything. But I've never seen evidence of spin or curve, ever. Yeah, like equatorial snipers. Oh, that Finnish sniper, the ghost of the white, he had 700 kills and he did it because he factored in the latitude. Like, okay, when, when you're deploying a sniper to another war, they never say, hey man, your latitude is changing. So the speed of the earth is uh, changing a lot. Because people go, oh, a thousand miles an hour. You wouldn't notice though, because it takes 24 hours. So it's really minimal. And since it's uh, relative, uh, you can't feel it. And I like went with that for a while. And then I'm like, yeah, but if you're shooting a gun, like the difference between a thousand miles an hour and 500 miles an hour and a 45 degrees of latitude guys, 500 mile an hour difference in speed is insane. Like, let's say, uh, something's moving a hundred miles an hour versus 50 miles an hour. Like how you're factoring it. Like, let's say you're shooting a moving target and it's going a hundred miles an hour. You do your factor, bang, boosh. Now it's 50 miles an hour. Way different factor, right? Again, I am not looking to argue, but... Quick side note, the USPS got my letter to you last week from Michigan in two days. Big props to them. Part of the enclosed super chat is to pay my gay away for pushing the limits of the one-page rule. I always write with half-inch margins, and I could see how it was gravelly, so apologies for that. And yes, this letter is indeed half-inch margins as well. Another part of the Super Chat is to pay your gay away for thinking I could be a black man writing a letter about self-discipline and responsibility regarding diet and nutrition. Last part of the Super Chat is paying more of my gay away that I didn't include info about what my daily diet routine looks like and some suggestions to yours. Oh, and bear in mind, if, this, if that woman's husband sends me like how they factored in latitude and direction, hand to God, it will be significant for me. Like you'll be the first to know. I do not hide shit to push agendas. If I, if someone shows me how long range ballistic and don't be like, oh, just watch this video. Oh, don't you know? Use this fucking software. No, no. If someone shows me functionally from the field, how they factored in latitude, direction, curve, spin. I promise to God, I will be like, whoa, that's fine. I will, that'll be a gravy overload because there's a lot of evidence we're not moving and there's no curve. And if there is like someone, and guys, I know I'm going to get a million emails like, oh, just watch this video. All the evidence is there. It's not. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through all of it again. I'm just not like the shit they're claiming is fucking retarded. 
I'm asking for something specific. You want to change my mind about flat earth? No problem. You show me how long range artillery, show me how it's factored in, like the trigonometry, all of it, about where you are in latitude. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 um, what was I just talking about? Okay, so long range, you're, like you show me how you factor in all those factors using the math and trigonometry, and I will, uh, I'll sign off. Like, I'll be like, wow, that's, a, like, I'm not trying to push anything. There's just no fucking evidence. Um, all they need is an eight digit grid to hit the target. It's still all nonsense, but I love to see the math. Um, but see, I'm, I'm keeping open-minded about it because, uh, I don't know. I just am. Then zoom in on Australia and show me people walking upside down. Well, the, they would say it's relative and to them, they're right side up and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I mean, long range ballistics is one of the uh, is one of the biggest factors for being absolutely no spin at all. And you have to show me the math. You have to show me functionally how when you're in a war zone, the protocol is to factor in your latitude and the direction. Because I know up until this point, you guys do not do that. I've looked into it intensely. I start the day with a big glass of water 15 minutes before eating. It gets all the systems in the body ramped up, particularly metabolism. My breakfast is around 7.30 with two eggs, over easy, and one piece of toast, sourdough. Egg yolk on sourdough is one of my favorite combos. I include a glass of raw milk with that. Three hours later, 11 a.m., I have my first snack, which is a homemade protein bar my mom makes, oats, peanut butter, protein powder, and a little bit of chocolate. Next snack is fruit around 1.30 to 2 and is seasonal, typically an apple, or strawberries or raspberries. I don't like eating fruits that aren't northern climate fruits. Very Caucasian. Last snack is around 4 p.m. and is usually a smoothie shake. Uh, nothing heavy. I then eat dinner around six and it always includes chicken or beef, a type of potato and carrots, asparagus and green beans. I also don't drink alcohol. You are absolutely correct in your assertion that diets are very individual and there is no one size fits all, especially for us height supremacists. I also think it's important that you pay attention to how your body feels with any diet routine and determine if you're happy with how things are going. If you hit a wall with anything, the suggestions I might make for you with how you would approach this method would be to possibly include your homemade trail mix packs I've seen you highlight instead of the protein bar. You could also swap out the shake for a small salad and some nuts. The carb for dinner would be any complex carb. Obviously, Amy makes some great meals, so absolutely don't feel shame about them. Just know your body and how much you should be eating. I felt like sharing this last week because we're both Germanic, so I figured it wouldn't hurt. I would also like to point out while our people would hunt and stock up for the winter months, they would also forage in the spring summer for berries and nuts, which would mean they would be eating light snacks throughout the day. If there is anything else that might need clearing up commented on, I would write another follow-up letter, no problem. Hope this helps and blessings to Amy and the five Smith boys. Question asking bear. P.S. Are there any queers in the theater tonight? 
Get him up against the wall. Yeah, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm really feeling like seasonal dieting, where it's like you just eat whatever's growing around you. Lusky, have you watched the Ian McShane movie Sexy Beast yet? I'd love to hear what you think as part of a stream. I've not watched it, but I will. I really like him. What's happened to the carb when it gets negative under a radical? It becomes a complex carb. What happened to the carb when it got negative under a radical? Oh, Jesus, Coddington. Okay, so anyway, if anybody has the math of how you guys actually shoot long-range ballistics, why didn't they laugh at gmail.com? I promise I'm open-minded. Uh, I'm just, I've never seen any evidence to it. I didn't used to think so, but I now think there's something valuable about eating for your blood type. It does make us different, as we can't all share blood unless it's compatible. Dr. DeAdamo's work. I'm part A negative. I don't know what that means. Is that the gay one? Is that the gay one, Coddington? Big Bear, thank you so much for the entertaining and enlightening content this winter. It's never more appreciated than in the heart of winter, whether in, uh, whether in southeast uh, Wisconsin. We had no snow or cold weather between Halloween and January 9th. At that time, it snowed 28 inches in five days, then dropped below zero for seven days. Then had freezing rain and rain for seven days before coming unseasonably warm and melting all the snow. It was heavy, wet snow, so we had trees and branches down everywhere on our two acres and trying to manage the amount of snow on the roof of our house and garage and shed so no damage occurred was also very intense. I'm still working on the cleanup, and for a while it was nonstop work before sunrise into the late evening. It may have been the most intense physical work I've ever done. I've done over a month-long period, and at 57, that's no easy task for a former middle manager of 25 years. Looking back, though, I was rarely, if ever, unhappy or upset. I just plowed through, pun intended, for Coddington. I was getting ready to move my wife out to another family member's place that had power. I was never angry, uh, whiny, or upset. I felt grateful that nothing permanent happened in the way of damage and that I could manage the issues with minimal help from friends and family. When I did have time to listen to anything, it was your stream, and I definitely felt your positive impact on me getting through the day or through everything happy and grateful. I went to the post office to get you some special stamps. The latest NASA joke to be immortalized in postage stamps. Black heritage stamps for you to use when mailing Niggles chicken marketing flyers and or other franchising materials to potential franchisees. The healing PTSD stamps that they charge $17 for instead of the usual $13.60. The proceeds go to the Department of Veterans. I also had to throw in a little fiat for unknown gay this month. I hope you enjoy them and that you and the family have an amazing 2024. Thank you again, Bill. Bill, you're the man. And uh, I always appreciate the stamps. That was really cool. I'm A negative also. Yeah, me too. I can donate blood to you. I'm A negative, says Athena Bear. RH negative blood. I'm RH negative um, and A negative. I'm A negative, RH negative. So I'm not part rhesus macaque. So I'm not part monkey. 
Dear Massa Owen, writing you this first day of Black History Month to say, if I could be your slave, I would. Unfortunately for you, you've recently turned my back on nigger.com to follow Christ and crush. You recently turned me back on my back on nigger.com uh, to follow Christ and crush. It's a shame, really. You would have gotten a reliable white to work the fields all day with energy enough to whip the fatter slaves into shape. I, I know it's a real, it's a real bittersweet when I give dudes good advice and they get stronger and then I know they're never going to be my slave. Like I've honestly thought about that. All joking aside, hey, we were joking. I legitimately got a little upset at that. I, I was like, fuck. I really have been acting like a nig this past year, maybe more. Only through self-reflection, encouragement from friends, and me making a fool of myself have I come to realize the error of my ways. I've been living the life of the victim, readily accepting excuses for not going for it, for not living life. Being the victim is extremely demoralizing and depressing. The more you believe the lies told us by society, the deeper you sink in your own filth. I now understand why so many people give up and give no, give in to circumstances. It's a slippery slope. Why know it's a slippery slope? Rim job's wife. Your streams have been a powerful influence on me. On um, on that stuck in my head was 1861. Choose your God. Life in Christ seems so illogical to the, uh, to those that live in the material world only. For me, it's the only way that makes sense and an obvious path to freedom. Thank you for continuing to encourage, inspire, and uplift. Your work is invaluable. Please verify me as Hassan bin Sober. Welcome, Hassan bin Sober. Uh, a play on words from one of my favorite Three Stooges episode, Malice in the Palace. May God continue to richly bless you. Love to the Bears. P.S. I know you just got off a war with the anarchists, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on one in particularly, particular Mark Passio, who I believe is a true spellbreaker, as are you. Blessed Bard King. I don't know much about Mark. I think I've heard a few things and thought there was some good gravy. Um, I mean, we all are always in a state of anarchy. Like, you can always do whatever you want. I just think a lot of anarchists want a world without consequence or want a world without government or system, which is never happening. Now, are we in a world of consent? Are we in a world of, uh, you know, should we live by the non-aggression principle? Should we, um, all that shit? Yeah, we're always in that state of anarchy. Like at any time, like someone could be like, honking a horn is illegal. And I'm like, <laughs> right? Like anybody can do whatever the fuck they want. Like, we're in anarchy. You can't actively rebel against anything you want. Now, is there going to be a consequence? Yeah. You know, is the system just bad? No. Am I glad there's a system? Yeah. Like, the government is a fundamental part of life. The system's a part of life. All of it is consent-based. You know, a lot of people pissed at the Fed and the Jews, but they can't, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want to give up their own debts. They'll take out more for things they don't need. I was, I was watching that uh, between a black and a Jew in my comment section. The black did a sarcastic apology about, sorry for not seeing the Jews' trickery to getting us in debt. 
And a Jew was like, we'll see you again with your 400 credit score, taking out a loan to get a hoopty. And they were going back and forth. And I'm like, you're both right. Like, you're both right. Like, the Jew is looking at the black like, you don't have to do this. Like, you're taking, like, you're the one fucking doing it. And the, and the black is like, oh, it's their fault. It's like, it's not. And the Jew's like, you're going to do it again. I know it. Because usually they're right. Usually they will just keep doing it again. And as much as I encourage self-determination and accountability and self, um, you know, self-reliance and community building, a lot of people are not going to do it. A lot of people are going to act like fucking animals. And I'm very thankful that there's a system in place to handle people that choose to be animals. Blacks don't have to choose to be animals. Whites don't have to choose to be cucks. You know? A bit of gratitude from J-Rock. Thank you, J-Rock. Blacks versus Jews would be the most nonsensical war. The Jews would trick them to fight themselves. Like, there, there's, it's just not, that's never going to happen. The real fight would be like the Jews versus the Koreans. You know, high IQ, low trust civilizations competing over who gets to farm the retards. Now that's a fight. You know, the upper class of China against the Zionist Jew banking elite, that's a war. It's never going to be the blacks against the Jews. The war would be over who gets to own the blacks. It's never going to be like, the blacks aren't going to be like, yeah, I'm ready to fight the Jews. It's, the, the fight isn't physical. There's no way you could fight the Jews. The Jews are fighting in like principalities and like uh, contracts and uh, farming rights. You know, there's not, there's not, that's not a fight. The fight, the fight would be like Mexicans versus blacks or like, uh, you know, um, who would the whites be fighting? I don't even know. Their own despair. Their own cowardice. Okay, let's see. Am I uh, caught up? Yeah, I got a couple more, but I'm going to eat. I'm feeling very anti-Semitic, very unhinged. Uh, for those of you just joining, I have cotton. I'm going to grow my own cotton and pick it and say nigger a lot while I do it. And no one's going to say shit as I pick my own cotton for no money. All right. Thank you, Duality Bear. Big Bear, thank you so much for you and all the bears. I'm grateful to be able to listen to someone who breaks spells and speaks truth rather than pushes lies and despair. I'm very hopeful for the future, and it's awesome to think where the Bears will be in 10 or 20 more years, knowing what's already been achieved. God willing, lots of great times to come. Hoping to donate to the Ursa Ozarks soon. Thank you very much. I feel good about everything. And thank you guys for, uh, you know, for cheering me up, for all the uh, friendship, for all the support, for all the kind words. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of good times. Oh, D live is really popping. Great. Onward says two acre on D bear. How's the peacock? Has he laid down the law yet? Uh, I'll show you the video again. Cause he, a lot of you guys might've joined late. So, uh, spool bear and sea cow were like texting me and I wasn't texting back. So I, I like had to eat and I'm very one dimensional sometimes. And they're like, can we stop over? I'm like, not right now. I'm eating. And then they kept hitting me up and I was like, okay, like, okay, I guess it's important. And I come outside and this is what they surprised me with yesterday to cheer up a big, a big grumpy bear. 
No, George, not you. Go find out. Wait a minute, I got an idea. <laughs> no. Is it a peacock? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Amy, they got us a peacock. They gave us a peacock. There you go, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. What kind of peacock is this? It's not a white peacock. I know you wanted one of those. Yeah. You can't... It's just a regular peacock. He's almost a year old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. Well, let's let him uh, walk around a little, guys. They, they said he's good with other birds, but you know, I want to keep an eye on him. Yeah. They said three is the magic number. You need, like, a trinity of peacocks. Yeah, two, hen, two hens for him. Two hens and a... And a oh so we named him Grant, put him in the coop. Uh, everyone's pumped. Then he like took off and flew away and we thought we lost him and he went into a tree and then uh, me and Amy got him out of the tree and, and pushed him back towards the birds and gave him a lot of food. So I think we're still good. He spilled the beans. It was supposed to be a surprise, says Ming Yin. No, I just, I, I just discerned it as I was walking outside, Ming. I did not spill any beans. You've been pretty high maintenance lately, Ming Yin. You're itching for a banning. Even though, you know, I've, I've become... Um, I've, Ming Yin has grown on me, but uh, every now and then he does need to go back into the tank. All right. Thank you all very much. If you'd like to send me a letter or uh, a super chat, P.O. Box 490 Sandpoint, Idaho 83864. Uh, we're on Rumble, DLive, Telegram, VK, BitChute. Uh, Unauthorized.tv is still functioning. We just can't make money on it, so we're just going to keep uploading there anyway. And uh, we got a good plan for that. Odyssey. Uh, where else, guy? I intend I hit every, everything. Twitter. Yeah, I'm at Owen Benjamin on Twitter. Uh, so to sum everything up, you get by with a little help from your friends. Uh, even unexpected help, like from Andrew Tate, which is very odd. I'm still not forgiving the gay loafers and all. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's still the Bugatti. Like, I'm not, like, saying that's not gay. But I'm just saying, like, people can change. And if people go from being a wolf to a, a shepherd, that's great. And I just appreciate the help. And it was very nice. And uh, I listed the apologies I want from the Blacks. I acknowledged what we do wrong, and um, and that's it. Hey, George. All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Be fruitful, multiply. Don't be fruity and boil, guy.